Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language that might not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there's always a strong possibility that we could spoil any anime at any time, so be careful in case there's a series you probably haven't finished yet. Lastly, today we're dealing with a lot of fanboying due to the nature of the subject at hand. So be ready for a lot of garrowing and possible fan rage. Otherwise than that, enjoy the episode. Hello one and all and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where anime fanboys and anime fangirls get together and discuss their thoughts on a recent English dub announcement or review the dub of a series that was recently released on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm Stephanie and tonight I, uh, I hope you're ready for a lot of squealing and excitement as I am joined by my three guests. First you may have seen his reviews on the fandom post as well as a couple of other episodes of Dub Talk, we have Roots of Justice. Hello, hello. As for our other two guests for the evening, both are making their debut on the podcast. And the second Dub Talk started turning into a podcast, they immediately asked me to be a part of this specific episode. We have Tokusatsu fanboys, Mr. Subarashi. Hello, everyone. And Dresden Nova. Hey. Now, the reason I keep bringing up fanboys and squealing and tokusatsu specifically is because tonight we're going to be covering a series that is based off of a rather well-known Japanese tokusatsu series. We're going to be covering the English dub announcement for Garo the Animation. Garo! (laughs) Garo! (laughs) Garo! I was about to be so that didn't happen again. Oh, I can't interrupt the lady speaking, so I had to let you finish first. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to Kanye you. Oh, god damn it. Uh, anyway. Uh, if... Where... I lost my place. If you're unfamiliar with the Garo franchise, the basic concept is that there are these creatures called horrors who devour and control humans who have some kind of darkness in their hearts. And the only way horrors can be stopped is by the heroes known as the Makai Knights with Garo being the most powerful and most well-known of the knights. Now, in the case of Garo the Animation, we're set in a time period where there is a massive witch hunt going on as many Makai knights and alchemists are being killed. Uh, Leon Louise, whose mother was among one of those killed early on, while he was actually being born, I'm not kidding, he was born while she was burning at the stake. You know, for kids. Oh boy. (laughs) For kids. Um, he cu- he sets out to rid the world of horrors and defeat the ones responsible for his mother's death. At least that's the basic idea of the series, because there's actually a lot more to it. Uh, anyways, as always, we're going to be covering the casting of Garo from A to Z, including our personal predictions, opinions on the casting, and impressions of the first two episodes of the English dub, because that is how many episodes are currently up for streaming as of this episode's recording. So... Are we ready to fanboy the hell out of this episode? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> I'll take that as I'll take I'll take the Garo as a yes. Alright, so why don't we start with because staff-wise, this is actually an interesting situation. We're gonna start with the lead writer as well as one of the script writers. Uh, did anyone have any attempt at a prediction for writers at any point in time? Not I had two. A single one, because I honestly with a adaptation especially from something live action going to an anime iteration 
it's kind of hard. Like, well, who would they get even for an English dub cast? So I honestly kind of just stayed away from that. And, like, whoever it be, we'll wait and see. No, I, I understand that completely, because Hardy, he typically doesn't make predictions for director and writer. Unless it's a more of the more high-profile shows where you could easily put, like, Mike McFarland as director or something. Yeah. Um, uh, did anyone else did anyone else even attempt to predict a script writer? Yeah, uh, because of my director selection, I basically went with uh, Jared Hedges. Oh, haha! Funny story. Jared Hedges is one of my predictions for writer. <laughs> so, I think we're on the same mindset there. Um, my other writer, he for some reason I put him as my first choice. I actually picked Josh Greeley as my writer <laughs> for my first choice. Um. Because I know we've had the team, the writing team of Monica and Josh before, but I kind of was interested in seeing what Josh could possibly do writing-wise on his own, uh, and that's why I picked him. Jared Hedges. This kind of was a, this seemed like the kind of show that would be up his alley regardless. Uh, Dresden, I'm gonna guess and say you didn't attempt to pick a writer. Yeah, no, I would not be able to do that. Okay, then we'll move on to who the writers are. The one of the script writers. We're gonna start there. One of the scriptwriters is J. Michael Tatum, while the lead writer is Patrick Seitz. So Patrick Seitz is basically the overseer um, of the script itself. He's not the head head writer, um, but he is one of the one. He's basically the next step down from that. Um, script writing wise, if you have not heard of these two individuals, in case of their script work, shame on you. Um, <laughs> well, J. Mike in J. Michael Tatum's case, you've heard his script work for series such as Attack on Titan, uh, Assassination Classroom, as well as uh, Codebreaker, Diagon Rampa the Animation, Dead Men Wonderland, Fractale. Uh, he's actually the assistant ADR scriptwriter for the film Empire of Corpses, which was recently announced, uh, the English casting for that. Uh, he's also the scriptwriter for Free, Iwatobi Swimming Club, and Eternal Summer as well as a variety of other things such as, let's see, I see Heroic Age, I see Carnival in there, I see Legend of the Legendary Heroes, Noreen, Negima for one episode, Nobunagan, um, Oran High School Host Club, he did some script for that, as well as a variety of other things. As for Patrick Seitz, you've probably heard scripts from him from series such as Blaze Blue, Alter Memory, Dead Men Wonderland as well, Eureka 7 AO, Freezing, uh, da, 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 Future Diary for six episodes, um, Ghost in the Shell Arise for episode two of the OVA, um, Heaven's Lost Property, he's also the script, he's done the script for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hitalia, The Beautiful World, Maria the Virgin Witch, uh, as well as Noreen, Nobunagan, Princess Jellyfish, and Ma, he did Monster 2, yep. He did. He helped with script adaptations for Nakiyoto Sama's Monster, script for Romeo X Juliet, some for Space Dandy, for Steinskate, Tokyo ESP, and more recently, um, since this was the episode that was recorded before this one, Your Lie in April. Uh, now, script writing wise for the first two episodes, how do we feel about at least the dialogue and the language that's being used for the script? Well, I, I, I kind of got to think how to word this. Spoilers, it's good. As a fan of various live-action shows and, of course, anime, original Japanese dubs, 
when they do it uh, based on a Japanese show that's also supposed to be based in a fictional European setting, you kind of get worried, at least in my case, that how that's going to adapt really well. At least from what I've seen of the first two episodes of the dub so far, I'm, I have really no complaints. Honestly, it's, it's one of those things I can't really think of right at this moment. There's some, like it. It's not that it feels uh, disingenuous. It's more to do, I guess, with Leon's dialogue is in those first couple episodes. But that's, like, it just kind of feels like a standard modern angsty kind of teenager with issues which makes sense but at the same time just in my mind considering the time frame this is supposedly supposed to be not set during it feels just the slightest bit off to me but yeah i can i can see where you're going with this because um you can kind of see elements of like what patrick probably wrote compared to what tatum probably wrote because t- because i would argue probably like some of those angsty pieces that you mentioned for leon I could imagine that Tatum possibly wrote those. While there's some of the language and the dialect um, that y- you tend to see, it's very reminiscent to me of Maria the Virgin Witch, which is another show that Patrick wrote that kind of used this the same language and the same dialects um, for the show. So I can kind of see where you're going with that. Though I do have to say, whoever the hell wrote the line, Fruit of My Loins, <laughs> for the first episode... <laughs> that made me smile in more ways than one. Oh, yeah. A, because of the script itself. B, because of the man who's voicing Jermon. Oh, yes. Which we'll get to. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> any other thoughts on the script? Uh, well, since we're talking about specific sections, yes, I completely agreed on that. And spoilers for Armand, I didn't guess him, but I'm just gonna say right now, perfect, perfect, perfect casting. <laughs> We'll get to them eventually. Um, Roots, I think you were trying to give some opinions on the script too, weren't you? Yeah, it uh, it really feels like it's within Tatum and Patrick Seitz's comfort zone, considering, you know, they were on Attack on Titan, they were on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Maria the Virgin Witch, mm-hmm. all that. It feels yeah. very comfortable, and comfortable is good. Yeah, that helps a lot. And Dresden, what do you think, sir? I mean, I like it. I mean, I'm kind of, like, on the way that they're pronouncing Leon's name as, you know, Leon instead of Leon, that kind of, like, okay, I see what they're going with there because there is the accent mark on the O, but at the same time, like, everybody else is kind of using a relatively neutral accent, so then when you have somebody just burst out and say, Leon, you know, it's like, that, that's just kind of throw me out of it a little bit, but yes, the fruit of my loins line, that is perfect Herman right there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> like, that is probably my second favorite line after spoilers for a later episode. But, you know, when he goes up to Leon after not having seen him for the entire episode, it's like, due to some circumstances, I am without clothes. Can I have some money? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Whoa. I can. Good here's times. the thing. Here's the thing. And I will probably bring this up again when we talk about Jermon. Um... I cannot wait for the person who voices this character to do that episode. Oh, I yes. I am so oh. excited. Oh, my God. I am so excited. But anyway, are we? I think we're good to move on to the director. Is that where we good to move on? Yep. Yes. 
Okay, so ADR director and assistant ADR director. Now, the ADR director was announced on Funimation's press release. However, after the fact, we did find out there was an assistant as well. Did anyone have predictions for the director of Garo? Nope. Because I had one. The I will admit on the directing, I did I did have the particular prediction that they ended up going with, but not as the main director, like just as one as the assistant, ironically enough. Hmm. But uh, Who might that be? Uh well Caitlin. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you figured Caitlin Glass is the assistant? I figured she would probably be involved to a certain extent. I Okay. Just kind of like hopeful because okay. I've liked um, a lo I've liked uh, a lot of her work as the ADR director. I figured she and hoped she would be involved to some extent, and I didn't ex expect them to uh, put her as the quote unquote head director. But I'm definitely happy that they did. Other than that, I honestly didn't have any guesses. That was honestly just like, well, I may as well add a bit, little bit of variety into my list here, so let's try and guess this. <laughs> just go with it. Okay, so before we go back to Caitlin, because Zuba is correct, um, did anyone else have predictions for director? Indeed I did. As I said when I mentioned the, the script writer, I did have a director in mind when I, when I chose him, and... I feel like it's going to be the same one that I picked. Christopher Bevins with assistant Damn Jeremy Inman. No, Inman. it's not. With assistant Jeremy Inman. No, okay. I'm wrong. <laughs> not what I expected. Um, so why Bevins and Inman, would you say, for the directing pair? Uh, mainly because of Arslan and a few other fantasy shows they've done. Okay. I gen That's logical. I generally like the feel of their directorial style with that kind of genre. Okay. Um, my director prediction, I actually made this prediction long ago when, actually when we were recording the Arslan Dub Talk episode, um, because at the time, Zach Bolton around that time was not working on a broadcast dub. So my thought was that he was working on something else that was coming up for a home video release, and Garo was the one, was one of the shows that I thought would be up his alley, all things considered. Like, there's some elements of, um... There's some elements that I could like that I could see that he's take that he could take that he directed from like Death Braid or Psycho Pass and even Soul Eater to an extent and he could bring it here. Um, and also kind of going off of my writer prediction with, that I had for Jared Hedges because Jared Hedges has worked with Bolton quite a few times, so I, that's why I figured if there was a directing writer team, Zach Bolton Jared Hedges was one of the main like the main pairings that I figured. Um, Dresden, did you attempt to p predict a director? No, I just kind of stuck to the actual voice cast. Okay, simple enough. So, <laughs> um, ADR director and assistant. The assistant director is Tia Ballard. And the ADR director, Suba was correct, and it is Caitlin Glass, which is actually someone I did not expect, but she loves the hell out of this show. She really does. Um, in terms of directing stuff, for Tia... Um, this is not the first time that she is an assistant ADR director. Um, the, her only other assistant directing credit is for Lord Marksman and Vanities alongside with Caitlin once again. Uh, for Caitlin, in terms of her directing, you've probably heard her direct series such as Absolute Duo, 
Uh, case closed. Oh, do do do. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, let's see. Gunslinger Girl 2. Uh, she's the assistant for Hell Girl. She did Line Barrels of Iron. I believe she. Uh, she. Again, she's the director for Lord Marksman and Vanities, as well as Murder Princess, as for Negima, Noragami Arigoto. Uh, she did Oran High School Host Club. Prince of Stride is a recent one she's done. Riddle Story of Devil, Show by Rock, and uh, let's see, Suzuka for an old one. Uh, so directing-wise, how do we feel about this pair of Caitlyn and Tia? Well, admittedly, I wasn't, I'm not too familiar with Tia, but... Caitlyn, of course, from Case Closed and uh, Full Metal Brotherhood, which I've honestly never seen the entirety of Brotherhood. For Brotherhood, it was um, her and Mike McFarlane who directed it. They were the two directors for it. Yeah, but of course, I, as I look at it on my shelf here next to my computer desk, I absolutely loved Oron High School Host Club, so, mm. so those already kind of had me hopefully like all right well i know it's definitely going to be good it's going to have more than its fair share of perfectly funny moments uh, again fruit of my loins yes <laughs> <laughs> there are there are there is a lot of humor in it yeah i agree with you and i think caitlin is very capable of playing that fine line between the dramatic and serious and the humorous as well i i just didn't peg caitlin because i initially i initially made these predictions about a year ago, actually, for Garo. I just didn't think of Kaylin pulling this kind of show off, but so far, I love it. <laughs> I do love it, the way it's going. And Tia, now that Tia's jumping into the directing game, because this is her second assistant credit, um, I mean, I don't know which episode she's directed as of now. We probably won't know until after the DVD has been released. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what she's capable of doing. Which... And it is... As a new role, basically. Yeah, which, uh, no shameless plug, but buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. <laughs> mm. Indeed. <laughs> get them to make more and make them license the... Li get them to license the live-action ones, because then me and Dresden can... Yes. Uh, can squee even more. Yes. <laughs> All of the squeeing. I want all of the Because Sh Shout Factory's doing it for Sentai. Funimation should do it for Garo. <laughs> Crunchyroll's <laughs> doing it for Ultraman. Yes. You know? Anyway, Roots and Dresden, how do we feel about the directing? Oh, God, here I am, sitting in sitting in my chair, doing the My Hero Academia thing, <laughs> waiting to, waiting for my turn. Um, Yeah, <laughs> keep... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I saw. I haven't seen the show yet, but I saw the gif. You're talking about the kid just going back yeah, and forth with this yeah. goofy look on his face, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. But yeah, um, Tia, I don't know much about her directorial style because, of course, this is probably her first or second. It's her second. Lord Marksman is her first. So, But she has worked with Caitlyn as well um, because, she, again, Caitlyn's the director as well for Lord Marksman. Right. Right, and, um, you know, Caitlin, having worked on Brotherhood, and I believe a couple other fantasy genre shows, like, I, I had a bit of faith in it, and then, you know, like, immediately after the dubcast was announced, she went on Twitter and just spread her passion just about everywhere, and... Now that I've had a she chance... She loves this show. And now that I've had a chance to listen to it, it shows. 
Yes. Mm. Like, between, yeah, between her, Patrick, Michael, and once we actually uh, see the episodes that Tia's directed, this really does seem like almost like just, uh, what's the term, a passion project for quite, mm. quite a number of the behind-the-scenes people. It makes me kind of wonder if, um, I mean, I would expect that they would at least have heard of the live-action Tokusatsu Garo series. It makes me wonder if they've actually seen it and are actually fans of it, though. Yeah, you never know. That kind of makes me wonder. You never know. Uh, Things could happen. I wouldn't be surprised because apparently, um, at least on the California side, uh, Tony Oliver is actually quite the fan of the live-action show, from what I hear. Oh, nice. And now Tony Oliver gets the biggest high-five ever if I ever get to meet him. (laughs) Dresden, how do you feel about the direction that this dub is taking so far? Well, I mean, like, my hopes for this anime were kind of sky-high when it was announced as being licensed for obvious fanboyism reasons, and... Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think my expectations were pretty solidly met. I mean, I can't can't really complain. I mean, I'm kind of an unabashed fanboy of this stuff, and... <laughs> to sum it up again, job. fruit of my loins. <laughs> that is just that's gonna be the that's gonna be the theme for the entire episode. The fruit of my loins. If, okay. that, if that is not the title of this, once it actually gets uh, posted up, whenever <laughs> I will be sorely disappointed. With fruit, I don't know how that's gonna be a title, but okay, I'll figure something out. Um, are we good to move on? Oh yeah, I'm all right. All right. So, we have a decent-sized cast. The majority we can pair off, um, and then we have the five major ones. But there is one individual whom we could not really pair off with anyone. Uh, her name is Hermina. 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 Uh, Cora, Cora, Coronado. Oh, Jesus. Hermina. Hermina Coronado. Um, yes. <laughs> Pronunciation. Just names. Um, she doesn't really actually come in until... I think she doesn't come in until that episode where at the end he's like, yeah, as you can tell, I'm kind of short on cash for clothes. <laughs> I think she first appears in that episode specifically. Um, so, of course, we have not heard this character yet. Uh, but I know it. They at least had predictions. I don't know if anyone else did. I didn't. Mm. I did not. I was about to say, was it just me? Okay. Um, Roots, do you want to go first? You said you had one? Yeah, I um, I went with Alexis Tipton. I don't quite remember why. I, I feel like there was a reason, but I don't quite remember why I did it. I don't think it was random. Just a hmm. sec. While you're trying to figure that out. Yeah, this, funny story, this is the place where I actually put Caitlin Glass. <laughs> I put her here. I put her here, and then did I put her somewhere else? I did not put her anywhere else. No, I did. I put her somewhere else, but we'll get to it. But yeah, it just kind of seemed like a role that Caitlin could have fun and play off of. Um, did you remember your reasoning roots for Alexis? Um, kind of. It. I, I don't think it becomes relevant until a little later in our... Um in the podcast in so aha okay well so i had it's any, i had to have, find it back one? in my notes but i did have one okay uh, who'd you have i actually had uh monica real for zamena i hmm. cannot remember 
why, but... Interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, Interesting choice. But we're all wrong anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Himena is actually being voiced by Jade Saxton, which is an interesting choice here. Um, because if you don't know who Jade Saxon is, you've probably heard her in roles such as, of course, Eve Genoward uh, from Bacchano. She is also in the Bloodsooth film The Last Dark. She is in Defrag as well as Codebreaker. She is Mira from Dimension W for something recent. Uh, she is also Carla from Fairy Tale, as well as Constance from Gangsta. Uh, let's see. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, she was also Nona in Death Parade, was she not? That's correct. She is known in Death Parade. She is Mary from Grimgar and Fantasy, uh, Fantasy and Ash. She is also she's Alpha Reed in Heroic Legend of Arzan. Arzan. She is Onikiri from Kamisama Kiss. She's also in Carnival, Log Horizon, Lord Marksman and Vanities. She is also Hachin from Michigo and Hachin. Uh, Noreen Nobunagan, Okami-san and Seven Companions. She, I should not be talking about Rage of Bahamut right now. Uh, <laughs> Rolling Girls, Shangri-La, Show Me Samples, Show by Rock, Sky Wizards Academy, unfortunately. Uh, Soul Eater and Soul Eater, not as Jacqueline. She's Ferris from Steins Gate, as well as a variety. Lisa from Terran Resonance. Uh, she's also in Tokyo Ravens, Wolf Children, and Yorikuma Arashi. Um, so, of course, as we mentioned... There's not much we can actually go off of because she's actually further on in the first half of the series. Um, but how but do we have any how do I have any like thoughts or feelings about this casting at all? Good casting on paper. I I'm mm -hmm. kind of cautious about it just because I only know her as young Nico Robin and a cat. Yeah. But so I mean, I'm so that's kind of where my head's going it, when I think of her and Understandable. This character um, is kind of far up, far left field from what I've seen her in. I'm understandable. I think the closest it might get to might be something similar to Nona from Death Parade. Yeah, mm, like along right. those lines. Um, so if you ever want to hear something like that, Dresden, I would suggest watching Death Parade and then hearing Nona. And it, I can see it going along similar lines to that. Um, register at the very least, but um, in terms of the personality, that's a bit different compared to Nona. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm also curious. <laughs> it just seems like an odd choice for that reason, and also because of the person who's voicing Yerman, who we'll get to, and seeing like how those two are gonna play off of each other eventually. Um, so I think we might be good to move on to our actual first pair. Uh, king Fernando and Queen Esmeralda. Um, they are the king and queen of Val Valente? Valiente. Valiente. Valiente, thank you. Names. And they are also the birth parents of Alfonso, uh, Prince Alfonso. Um, I did not have predictions for either of these characters. I don't know if anyone else did. I had one for Fernando, and as you'll, as we'll see later, I can't he kind of just showed up around the board because I didn't know where he they were going to put him if they had him in here, and that was uh, okay. a good old Mr. Sabat himself. Oh, you went with Christopher Sabat. Okay. Yeah. Did you take a guess at Esmeralda, too? Or? Uh, Esmeralda, I, I honestly felt they could could have went in any direction. Hmm. I didn't really predict, have a guess. I kind of thought, well... 
Uh, they they might do Laura Bailey. I can't really remember the reason why, but I've always been a fan of uh, Laura's acting skills, and I honestly kind of thought even with uh, with someone as regal as Asmerelda was supposed to be portrayed as, that uh, Laura bringing kind of that slight sultry sound like she uses with Lust from Full Metal uh, would kind of okay. work in there. Needless to say, of course, I was wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, Laura Bailey, it would fit. It's just a bit of a stretch because she doesn't really do a lot of anime anymore. Yeah. And she's also in LA. That's a bit of a stretch. Um, Sabbath Fernando, though, I can kind of see it. Did anyone else have predictions for Fernando and Esmeralda? I did. Um, okay. Fernando, I had Ian Sinclair and Esmeralda, Felicia Angel. Oh, interesting pair. Why? For... Why do you think that? Mainly because of Gangsta and, um... Mm, okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have the, uh, of, uh, Warwick and Alex. Mm, okay. I can kind of see that. And uh, y- you'll see a lot of other references to Gangsta and one other anime in my list. That was okay. where I was going. Oh, okay. Um, Dresden, did you have any predictions for King Fernando and Queen Esmeralda? <clears throat> I did not. Okay. So, the people who are voicing these characters. King Fernando is being voiced by Ben Phillips, while Queen Esmeralda is actually being voiced by Don Bennett. Uh, Don Bennett, we're gonna start there. She's still fairly new, but she's definitely working her way up there. You may have heard her in other roles, such as Dance with Devils as Ritsuka. Uh, she's also had roles in Noragami Adigoto, Show by Rock, Skyward's Academy, and Ultimate Taco Teacher, as well as a variety of smaller roles, including Frosh from Fairy Tale, and a few others in Absolute Duo, uh, Attack on Titan Junior High, Data Live, Divine Gate, Dragon R Academy, uh, Maria the Virgin Witch, One Piece, Real Story of Devil. She doesn't have a lot, but she's working her way up there. And I would say I'm surprised, but I'm actually not. Um, considering I know personally that Don's range is rather vast. Um, in terms of Ben Phillips though, he's actually done quite a bit, but not a lot of really real lead characters, if anything. It's a lot of minor and background roles. Uh, so he's done episodes for Assassination Classroom, uh, Black Butler, Certain Magical Index, and Scientific Railgun, Railgun, uh, Corpse Princess, I'm trying to find two different things at once, Deadman Wonderland, uh, he has a small role. He has a background role in Dimension W. Uh, he is in Fairy Tale. He's done Full Alchemist Brotherhood. He's done Guilty Crown. Hitalia the Beautiful World. He has a major role in High School DxD New. Um, he's also in Lord of Marksman Vanities. He has a named role in Mikagra School Suite and Murder Princess. He's also in One Piece, Psychopaths, Rage of Bahamut. As a small role, uh, Shiki, Skyward's Academy, Terran Residence, yada yada yada. So again, not a lot of big named roles, mostly background and minor characters for Ben Phillips. Um, but I think these two really work, honestly. Mm-hmm. Don especially. <laughs> um, yeah. When I saw the dub premiere of Garo at Anime Boston, I had uh, Megan and Patrick Alexander with me. And the second we saw as like Mendoza coming in and basically accusing Esmeralda of poisoning the king, Megan's sitting next to me. She's like, 
Don Bennett did nothing wrong. <laughs> she did nothing wrong. It was great. I certainly believe. I certainly believed her. Yeah, and oddly enough, um, I can't remember if this story was told yet. It probably wasn't a previous episode, but um, May while we were at that premiere at Anime Boston, she took a picture of when Esmeralda gave Alfonso the necklace um, for her, his what is he his twentieth birthday, and um, she send it to Twitter. When Dawn saw it, she kind of, she said that she was starting to cry a little bit because Anime Boston was actually her first convention that she ever went to. Like, just as a fan, not as a voice actor. So this was before she was even voice acting. Which makes sense, considering I did find out months before that, that she did go to Berkeley, Berkeley School of Music for college. Um, but, Dawn's case, her range is actually rather vast. Um, if you've seen her recently for things like Especially with like Dance with Devils and then Ultimate Otaku Teacher. And then you have the side where El Esmeralda is along with Rico Flamel from Skyrim's Academy. So she has quite a range on her, actually. So this was really good. And Ben Phillips, not familiar with him, but I enjoyed Fernando. I do enjoy it. Nice yeah. to see people who have been around a while work their way up. Absolutely. It's always nice to see that. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect from her and of course at least from what we've seen of the dub so far that she's in it like I'm very satisfied with the choices they made I think she she oh, definitely pulled off Queen very well Ben I was kind of iffy on him at first but I let it I went back after I let it settle for a bit and yeah he he took a little bit to grow on me but I definitely like him too I I'm looking forward to seeing him in some more stuff in general now. Or finding things that maybe be like, hey, I know that guy. Exactly. That character, background character number 25, I know him. <laughs> That's <Hey. Ben. laughs> That guy. Dresden, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they both did a pretty good job. I mean, uh, you kind of get to see a lot more of uh, Don Bennett's uh, kind of acting skills, considering... You know, Fernando spends the first couple episodes sick and in bed and basically barely alive. Yeah. She's barely alive for, like, the majority of the show. Yeah. Uh, are we good to move on, then? Yes. We are good to move on. Alright, yep. so the next pair. This pair, we haven't really heard anything from them, though we have seen one of these characters in the show already. Um, we have Ana Louise, who is Leon's mother. And we have Bernardo Dion. Um, Bernardo, I guess you can kind of see him as one of the larger antagonists for the first half of the show. Um, but he does have a connection to Anna and, and Draman, um, while the three of them were together as like Makai Knights and Alchemists. Um, did anyone have predictions for these two? Because I did not. Because I, with Anna. She's kind of dead in the first episode. We only really see her flashbacks. And Bernardo, I completely forgot he was there. <laughs> I actually... To be honest. I actually did. Like, I, I've got just about everybody, so yeah. Okay. Um, it's... My logic behind this is gonna make itself apparent a little later, but um, Bernardo, I had Greg Ayers. And Anna Lewis, hmm. I had uh, Bryn April. Hmm. Interesting pick. Uh, any other predictions for these two? Um, I did not have an Anna, but for uh, Bernardo, uh, just because 
I don't know if this is technically spoilers, but just because he is a Makai Knight, I did feel like I needed to get a prediction in for him. And right. I kind of had him as Crispin Freeman just because blatantly he looks like a Crispin Freeman character. He actually kind of does now that I remember it. Yeah, he like, he looks like kind of what an evil Crispin Freeman would look like, so I thought that would be kind of interesting if they did that. If they went that direction and they grabbed him from um, L.A., that would be hilarious and amazing. That'd and I would give so much props to Caitlyn for that. Yeah, that'd have been unfortunately, so meta. That obviously didn't happen. That would be so meta. Uh, Suba, did you have any predictions? For Anna, kind of like, because uh, I didn't really have a prediction for her. I, again, across the board here, I kind of figured uh, just as a random throw-in when I was working on this was they might get uh, Trina Nishimura is who I was okay. kind of thinking. But as far as uh, Bernardo, yeah, I kind of agree with Dresden. I did have uh, Crispin on there, but I also had Eric Vale on there because that looks like that'd be one of those characters that Eric could just have so, so much fun with. Oh my god, I can kind of oh see that god, too. Oh god, why didn't I put Eric Vale? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, Eric Vale's been... the incorrect... It's, Eric Vale is not Bernardo, so you actually... You're fine, but um... Yeah. The two individuals who are voicing these characters, Ana Luis is being voiced by Anastasia Munoz, while Bernardo is being voiced by uh, Ivan Jasso. Uh, Anastasia Munoz, you may have heard her in a few... In a variety of things, actually. You might remember her as when we talked about her possibly a couple times as Quinn from Death Parade. She's also in Claymore. She's also in Bento, a certain scientific railgun. She is in Data Live as well. She is in Fairy Tale. She's in Gare Zero. Uh, she's in Dot Hat Quantum. Uh, you may rem remember her mostly, though, as Coco from Yomengund. Uh, she's also in Kamisama Kiss, Carnival, King of Thorn, Real Story of Devil. Uh, Sacred Blacksmith, Selector Infected, Wixis as Inoa. I need to watch the dub of that now. Uh, Shiki and Strike Witches and uh, Want to Be the Strongest in the World, unfortunately, and Yorikuma. Uh, as for Ivan Jasso, he's actually oh, very, very new. Uh, he, there, his ANN, there's only four credits to his name right now. Those credits being a background role in the Boy and the Beast film, Garo the Animation as Bernardo, Prince of Stride alternative as Kiyosuke Kuga, and a minor role in Ultimate Otaku Teacher. Now, we haven't heard what these characters sound like. We have seen Anna on screen in the beginning of the series, but she doesn't say a damn thing. Nope. Uh, so she doesn't even really scream. Tell. That proves she's a witch. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Lanny. Yes, thank you, Lanny Pator, for that line. <laughs> oh God, but um. How do we how but how do we feel about the casting of uh, Anastasia and Ivan here? I'm like, kind of cautious about Ivan because I haven't heard him he's in brand anything. New. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the only thing you can really hear him in is Princess Stride as Kiyosuke, and from what I can recall, because it's been at least a couple months since I watched the dub for the dub talk episode, and I need to finish watching it. It actually sounded pretty decent. I mean, it was only really brief. Um, but I can see it kind of working because Princess Stride is another dub that Caitlyn direct is directing, so it makes sense for him to be pulled into here. But um, I mean, at the same time, 
He could have been recording for Garo before Princess Stride even happened, because the DVD release is coming up in the next few weeks, so we can't really tell what his first role is. Well, Ultimate Taku Teacher probably is his first role, um, but it'll be interesting to see. And then Anastasia Munoz, I'm used to hearing Quinn from Death Parade and that similar line. I feel like it might be a little bit different, because Anna doesn't sound like, to me, the go in that register. Um, but I am curious to know how it'll sound like uh, later on. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts or impressions? Or possible well, impressions? Well, or fears? With Anna, I, uh, it's just... At, at this point, I'm kind of cautious with both. With Anna, I'm not going to be too, too upset if it ends up not being at least in my opinion, perfect. But Bernardo I'm really kind of worried about because of how new Ivan is. I think, uh, like you said, this is like one of his first really bigger roles besides uh, Ultimate Otaku Teacher. But well, no, he had he did a small... He, did, he was in the background for Ultimate Otaku Teacher. There's only other big roles Prince of Stride, which is a broadcast sub that's finishing up, so... Yeah. I'm kind, I'm just gonna sit over here very cautiously, and once I hear him, maybe I'll come back out of that cave. But uh, until then, you're gonna stay there for now. Yeah, until, until then, I'm just gonna stay there and uh, just hear both Crispin and Eric play on loop in my head for the time <laughs> being. <laughs> okay. Like I, yeah. I will give an appropriate judgment of naturally once I hear him, but... Right. But I'm very, very, very cautious. Okay, any other little opinions about this little yeah. casting? You know, I'm actually watching Prince of Stride as it airs. Mm-hmm. You know, the broadcast dub. So, I've got a general impression of what Ivan Jasso sounds like, and I'm okay with it. That might actually be pretty spot on. Yay! And uh, and Anastasia's Anna, how do you feel? Do you think will be good? Or... Um, again, I've got a general idea of what she sounds like, and that should be at least okay. She doesn't really have that much of a role until the very end of the series, so... Yeah, and then I think we only on... see her... And I think we only see her in, like, some flashbacks here and there, too. Yeah. I think that's about it. Dresden, yeah. any thoughts, sir? Well, for um, Anastasia Munoz as Anna, I'm kind of okay with it because she was um, Hughes' wife in Brotherhood, so if they're kind of a very similar character, I'd feel. I mean, mother, bad shit happens. <laughs> Worse shit, shit happens. happens. <laughs> yeah. You know. Shit happens! That's yeah. the name of this anime now. Shit happens! Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I, I kind of feel like they'd be, you know, kind of a similar character. I mean, obviously, uh, Anna Luis would be a lot more of the kind of ass-kicking, whereas Gracia Hughes is kind of more more of, like, the nurturing housewife. But I feel like, you know, since she played one, she would kind of have a decent time of doing the other. And then Ivan Jasso, please don't screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I think... do not screw this up. (laughs) And on that note, I think it's time to move on. Um, the, I'm trying to censor it? myself here. No, it's okay. Whenever Megan's here, it's like that ship is sailed. There's no <laughs> such thing as censoring anymore. 
Please, um, dear God, Ivan Jasso, do not fuck this up. There we go. Don't Filter? Okay. What's that? <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, moving on. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Ivan Jasso does a good job. You'll be you'll be okay with it. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, anyway, moving on to Garm and Raphael. Garm is the watchdog at the watchdog center for the Makai Knights and Alchemists. Well, Raphael is the Makai Knight. Which one is he? I forget the name of the actual knight that he is. Raphael he is, uh, Gaia. Gaia. Gaia, thank you. Because I know, because Leon is Garo and Zoro is Yerman. Um, Gaia, okay, thank you. Alright, so one we have heard, and that is Garm. Raphael, we have not heard yet. Do we have predictions for these two characters? I know I did. Yes, I did. I did, uh, but I just need to look one thing up real quick. So. Let's, let's see. Uh, Dresden, how about you go first for a change? All right. Who well, did you have for Garm and Raphael? For Garm, um, prefacing this by saying I was watching One Piece and Fairy Tale when I was making my predictions, and it shows. <laughs> I had Alexis Tipton as my first choice for Garm. Okay. And then, um, well, my second choice, I was actually correct. So I don't know if I want to say that right uh -huh. away or just wait till then. Hold off on that. Hold yep. off on that. Um, your predictions for Raphael, then, sir. Um... I had Sonny Strait and Christopher Sabat just because I figured he would be one of the buff people in this show. And I was wrong. Son Sonny Strait is an interesting choice. Um, I will actually share in your Christopher Sabat prediction for Raphael because he is one of my picks. Um, my other prediction for Raphael is Brandon Potter because um, I felt that would be a nice burly role for him to play. As for Garm, I went with Monica Rial and Lindsay Seidel. Because Monica, we know she can go weird with her vocal range at times. So that's why I picked her first. Yeah. And Lindsay, Lindsay, I felt like she could pull it off too if she really wanted to. Um, I mean, she's freaking Nagi stuff from Assassination Classroom, so she's already played a boy. Um, and then I think the main reason why I put Lindsay here as well was Ito from Tokyo Ghoul. And uh, specifically Route A. So that's because Ito is slightly otherworldly. Uh, to an extent, so I felt like Lindsay could pull, could bring that here too. Super. What are your predictions for Garm and Raphael? Uh, well, I kind of honestly was exactly like Dresden as far as Raphael goes on my picks. Although it was my first pick, of course, was Sabat because mm -hmm. again, buff man. Uh, Sunny, I did admittedly throw in there as like well. He's got a very good voice. Like, he can, of course, play it up for Hyucks and kind of add that little tinge like he does with Krillin just to be a little bit goofy sounding. But, like, for the most part, his uh, I could totally picture, like, just his natural speaking voice coming out of a man like uh, Raphael. But, of course, I was completely wrong. As far as Garm... I really didn't have a prediction for her, so... Okay. Like, Everyone's I, picking... Everyone's picking Sunny Street for Raphael. I'm, I'm just sitting here, I'm like... Sunny Street? I, really? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> What'd you go with, Roots, then? Um, I went with Jeremy Inman. Ooh, okay. Mainly because, you that. know, I had Christopher Bevins as the director, and usually he finds somewhere to stick Jeremy Inman. It's like Jeremy Inman and then himself. Yep, I can see that. 
And, um, uh, and did you have anything? Have any other predictions for Raphael, or your predictions for Garm? Or that, I, I'm sure I had other predictions for uh, for Raphael, but um, Garm, I had uh, Megan Emmerich, mainly because Ooh. of her performance as White from Blood Blockade Battlefront. I haven't seen her name come up in a while. Where are you hiding, Megan Emmerich? Where are you be hiding? Uh, so, uh, the only person who got something right was actually Dresden on this one. Uh, yeah, that ain't Dresden. Gonna yeah, Dresden, you said you got Garm right? Uh, yeah, I had Tia Ballard, and lo and behold. Ha ha ha. And as for, um, Raphael, uh, Raphael is being voiced by Ben Bryant. Uh, Ben Bryant, we're gonna start there. Uh, you... He's fairly new, but he's mostly known for small background characters. Raphael is actually probably the largest role he's had to date. He's had small and background character roles in Attack on Titan, Black and Test Season 2, See uh, Control the Money and Self Possibility, Dance with Devils, Dimension W, Fafner, Fairy Tale, uh, Freezing, and Good Luck Girl, and Hitalia, and Noragami, and Ninja Slayer from Animation, and One Piece, and Ping Pong, and Shiki, and Heron Resonance, and Tokyo Ghoul, and Tokyo Ghoul ESP. ESP. Um, Tia Ballard, you would most notably know her as Happy from Fairy Tale, but you would also know her in series such as Aquarian Avo, uh, Black Butler Book of Circus, but we're not saying where, because that's going to be an episode that's happening. She is Allie Gore from Blah Blah K Battlefront. She's also in Cat Planet Cuties, in Defrag. Dark and the Black, Gemini of the Meteor, uh, Data Live, Devil's a Part-Timer, Evangelion 3.0, uh, let's see, Guilty Crown, Hyperdimension Neptunia, Kami-sama Kiss, Little Busters, Lord Marks Marksman and Vanities, uh, Pandora in the Crimson Shell, Ghost Urn, because I just finished editing that episode as of today, uh, she is in Rage of Bahamut, but not saying where again, uh, she is the lead in Rideback, She's also in Sekirei and Selector Infected. She's also Megumi and Shiki, which again is one of the most, one of the biggest roles that I'm not a fan of. Sky Wizards Academy, Tenchi Muyo, War on Geminar, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, and World Break, Aria of a Curse for a Holy Swordsman, as well as a variety of others. Um, so, I'm gonna start with Raphael, because again, Raphael, we have not heard this character yet. Uh, how do we feel about. Ben Bryant as Raphael. Because he's still relatively unknown at this point. Well, as an addendum, he does kind of have one role and I believe... One line and I believe... Uh, I believe it's episode two because um, Raphael is basically also the narrator of the series. I forgot about that. Okay, never mind. So we have heard him. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely forgot. spaced that that was him too. Okay. Like from so, that, from that one yeah. line, he sounded all right. It'll, it'll be a little bit longer before we can really sink our teeth into. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's gonna be like he's gonna set his place apart for like the narrator and Raphael. Narrator wise, I liked it, mm -hmm. but um, Raphael, I'm wondering if it's gonna be a different tone, a different something different he's gonna do with, because Raphael is a burly, burly guy, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and in terms of Garm, because we've had we have heard Tia as Garm in the second episode, how do we feel about it? I'm completely content with her as Garm. Yeah, it, I think it's just otherworldly enough. 
for the character. Because Garm is kind of like this otherworldly being of sorts. And, uh, and Tia does work really well, actually, there. Yeah, and especially, Cause, like, cause, I can easily see, like, Tia Ballard's Garm going on to become the Garm that we see in season one of the live action. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. That would be pretty like, cool. Yeah, like, I can easily see, like, a logical progression from the way, you know, she's portraying it now to how that was portrayed back in 05. Any other thoughts on Tia Ballard? Well, she kind of reminded me of when she played uh, Megumi in Shiki. Oh god, don't and, bring that up, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, why are you bringing it up? It, the pain. It, it honestly mm. did kind of annoy me a little bit in Shiki, but it worked here because she, she's meant to sound like something not quite human. Almost, but not really. Yeah, like, not quite human, and then also kind of, like, you know, ancient and wise, but also paradoxically, like, really childlike and innocent at the same time. Right. That's kind of how she's, I was getting it. She's a, conundrum, she's a conundrum in and of itself. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I do like that she kind of pulled off the sort of almost mocking tone from the Japanese. Yeah. Toward, um... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Hermon. Yeah. I, I did love the banter that the two of them had. I did enjoy the, the back and forth that those two had in the beginning of the second episode, yeah. Those two voice actors need to be paired up for stuff like that from now on. <laughs> nice. Anyway, moving on. Uh, essentially, the two villains of the series. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, we have Mendoza and Octavia. Mendoza is what we find out in the second episode, actually, because so not much of a spoiler. He is a former Makai alchemist, um, and we learn that something happened, and now he hates Makai knights and Makai alchemists, and he is essentially the main person involved in these witch hunts after the Makai knights and alchemists. Um, Octavia, uh, she is a servant of, um, the, of the king and the queen and everything like that. Um, but she also works for Mendoza, so she's kind of, she kind of, she tends to be the eyes and ears as well, um, Mendoza is not around. So, predictions for these two. I have predictions, one of them is correct, and that one involves a story, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows that story by now, but we'll get to that. So, predictions for Mendoza and Octavia, um, who would like to go first? I think he would, I think Patrick would like to go first. Yeah. Roots, do you want to go first, sir? <laughs> okay, this is, like, full disclosure, I kind of hinted that my uh, my casting decisions would get a little messed up before we started the episode. Oh, God, here's where we got messed up. This is where things really kind of start. Anyway, um, I was kind of playing off the idea of, since I had Christopher Bevins as a director... Mm -hmm. And with the heroic legend of Arslan, he played off the casting of Full Metal Alchemist with um, <laughs> with Aaron Dismuke and Vic Mignogna. Yep. And so, I kind of did the same thing here, but a little more twisted. My Mendoza was Scott McNeil. Oh, interesting. And my Octavia was Lydia McKay. Oh my god! <laughs> That is amazing. 
because Scott McNeil's the original um, Hohenheim, and Lydia Lydia was um, Trisha, right? Yep. Yep. Oh god, that is that is wonderful and cruel at the same time, and I love it. Oh, uh, did Scott. you have any? Yeah, did you have any other predictions for these two characters, Roots? Nope. That was what you were going. Okay. That was what I was <laughs> going for. Okay, Dresden, did you have predictions for Mendoza and Octavia? And I'm going to guess and say you might have got this one right, so don't say who it was if you did. Actually, I did not get this one right. Um, my oh, okay. My Octavia was Laura Bailey, just because I was watching um, Titan's Grave, the Ashes of Volcana at the time, and then she had this thing called Dr. Lobotomy shooting out of her arm. So I kind of figured, okay, Octavia, not mentally, not all there in the head, character that has a knife named Dr. Lobotomy in her arm, not all there in the head. Okay. I was kind of of wrong there. And then, again, I was also watching Fairy Tail and One Piece at the time, so my Mendoza was actually uh, Jason Liebricht. Okay. That's a, oh, that's an interesting pick. Because I was watching, like, the uh, Water 7 arc where he was Rob Lucci. And I was kind of seeing there, you know, you had this guy who, obvious major spoilers for that arc, is kind of right. playing both sides of, you know, a conflict where, like, he's, you know, good on the surface and then, you know, shit happens. Shit. <laughs> the series, shit happens. Yes. Okay. And then you can, so I can kind of see, you know, Jason Lieber kind of playing that off again with Mendoza too, but obviously that wasn't meant to be. Okay, Suba, what do you have, sir? That is not the right one if it happens to be the right one. Uh, well, these are honestly the only two that I guessed correctly for what I guessed them for. Oh, okay. But, uh. So. Did you have any additional predictions that weren't the correct ones, though? I did, but I honestly can't remember what they are. Okay, got that's them, fine. Got them, got them somewhere on here, but I can't seem to find it. But uh, my predictions for Mendoza—they went, they kind of went all over the place. In all honesty, <laughs> just because it, with with Mendoza and it being Funimation, it's just going to be really hard to tell. Like I, yeah. I had Vic Mignogna as one. I believe I also had Eric Vale as a potential one as well. Oh God, <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, see, you are right. It's kind of all across the all across the board at this point. Yeah, because there's so many we- so many actors they could have chosen from, and so many ways they could have uh, went mm. with it. There was one other escaping me at the time, but uh, those were the main two I had. And then as for Octavia, uh, I was actually watching Fairy Tale at the time, so I kind of uh, was looking at either uh, Caitlin Glasses okay. Octavia or Colleen, because I was actually in the middle of watching uh, Loxus's Fairy Tale Takeover arc at the time. Oh yep, okay. Yeah, so. Those two were like, I could see either one of those easily playing this character. Okay. So for me, my predictions for Mendoza and Octavia. I had three for each. Uh, my Mendoza one is correct, though. For, so for Octavia, the three I had, Alexis Tipton, Monica Rial, and I also put Caitlin Glass in here. Um, I felt that these three would be interesting choices. For Mendoza, the two that I that are not the correct ones, Kent Williams and Kenny Green. 
Kent Williams, stereotypical bad guy, kind of older voice sounding, could definitely fit. Kenny Green, after seeing what he did with Mato from Tokyo Ghoul, I felt like he could work oh, here too. I I love him in Tokyo Ghoul. He had that um oh what's his name um uh singer. Uh, sorry, I'm, I I know I'm I'm stalling this quite a bit, but singer. Yeah, um, he was he also played a bad guy in a Brian De Palma film, and it was okay. Uh, just a sec, I I'm, I'm looking it up on my phone. Paul Williams, he played uh, Swan in Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, there you go then. Okay. Kenny Green in Tokyo Ghoul kind of reminded me of um, Paul Williams in um, Phantom of the Paradise as Swan. Okay. I'm not familiar with that, but okay. <laughs> it was basically Brian De Palma retelling The Legend of Faust as a rock opera. It's, it's really good. Shout Factory put it out on Blu-ray. It's huh. a good movie. Okay. Um, so, actual casting. I'm gonna start with Octavia. Um... Suba, I believe, was the one who got this one correct. Um, it is Colleen Clunkenbeard who's voicing Octavia. Now, as for Mendoza, there's a story with this one, <laughs> and probably a good amount of people may already know what this story is. So, several months ago, um, there was a tweet uh, by a individual, a voice actor, stating that they were currently recording Garo the animation and they were enjoying it. Uh, so, but he did not reveal who his character was. Um, so. <laughs> so. Um, when we all heard of this, um, I know I, myself here, I was like, first of all, are you breaking non-disclosure agreements, sir? <laughs> um, but second of all, I also went ahead when I heard it and that was one of the first times I actually re-looked at my Garo predictions. And I was like, okay, if this guy is in the cast, where would I want him? And I put him here as Mendoza. Uh, lo and behold, the individual who is a goober for possibly breaking non-disclosure agreement and is also voicing Mendoza, that is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Vic Mignogna, uh, who is voicing Mendoza. <laughs> so... Oh, so, Vic McDerpaderp. <laughs> so yeah, Suba and I did get this one correct. Vic was actually my second prediction under Kent Williams. Um, so, for roles you might have heard these two in. For Colleen, you would most notably have heard her as Luffy from um, One Piece, as well as Urza Scarlet from Fairy Tale. But you've also heard her in series such as Aquarion, Attack on Titan, uh, what else? Black Blood Brothers, Black Butler. Brothers Conflict, Case Close as Rachel Moore, uh, Cat Planet Cuties, Chaos Head, Dead Men Wonderland, uh, let's see, uh, she was recently announced to be in the new Escaflowne, uh, the film anyway, but we're not gonna say where that is, cause there's gonna be stuff going on. Uh, Evangelion Films, she is also in Fullmetal Alchemist and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood as Riza Hawkeye. Uh, she's also well-known in other roles, such as Ghost in the Shell, Arise, Hero Tales, Initial D, Kaze no Stigma, Lubon the Third films, uh, Nobunagan, uh, a variety of things. Riddle Story of Devil, Rolling Girls, Romeo X, Juliet, um, Sekirei, Seraph of the End as Ashramaru, um, Shakugan no Shana, 
excuse me, uh, Shiki, Shuffle, a lot of things, Trinity Blood as Sister Esther, um, Wolf's Children as Hana, which is personally one of my favorites, um, and Yorikuma. Vic Mignogna, if you do not know who Vic Mignogna is, you clearly have not seen anime. Uh, most notably, you've heard Vic Mignogna is Edward Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, as well as Tamaki from Owen High School Host Club. But a few other roles, you might have heard him. Uh, Aquarion, Attack on Titan Jr. High, you've heard him in Brothers Conflict. You've heard him in Dean Angel, as well as Diamond Daydreams, uh, Full Metal Panic, uh, some Dragon Ball Z stuff. He's also been announced to be in Escaflone, but we're not saying where. He's Rin Matsuoka from Free Eternal Summer and Free Uitoi Swim Club. He's also in, oh good lord, Hero Heroic Legend of Arslan, as Roots had mentioned before, as Hermes, aka Silver Mask. Um, he is in Carnival, he is in Kitty Grade, he is in Level E, he is in Lord Marksman and Vanadis. He's also in Nurima Daikon Brothers, Paradise Kiss, uh, Razafon, and uh, Sayuki, and good lord, what else? Show by Rock, uh, Soul Leader as Death Scythe, aka Maka's father. Uh, he was actually he was actually really recently uh, announced as a character for the Skip Beat dub, but we're not gonna say where. Uh, as well as Trinity Blood, Zubasa, Reservoir Chronicles, uh, Vampire Knight, and Vampire Knight Guilty, The Wallflower, yeah, etc., etc., etc. That was a lot. Okay, how do we feel about Colleen and Vic here as Octavia and Mendoza? Colleen, like I said, I kind of predicted her. Uh, like, with how stern and uh, strict she is as uh, Urza, because again, this was made during my watch of the f first bit of fairy tale. I could totally see that, like, in, even though she, of course, had her bits of laughs, that she could keep it serious, and at least for the little bit that we s do see it, the subservient, conniving servant of Mendoza, and needless to say, I'm not disappointed. Vic uh, was kind of hard to peg as far as that goes because I mean he's done the serious uh, and comedic uh, young teenage heroes before. I personally just because admittedly my viewing is still very limited to, compared to some uh, his villain stuff is not that well known to me other than of course Broly and that destroys his vocal cords as he's gone on multiple occasions saying uh, to hear him like do a straight up uh, menacing villain which he of course has the range for I'm very happy to see that they that him and uh, Caitlin and all them made uh, Mendoza the full conniving straight up villain that he is oh absolutely so like when when vic made that tweet on twitter i was like oh good lord where would he end up I, some people were, people were worried that he was gonna end up as one of the two leads people were worried <laughs> i was like nah he, but 
I'll go. But Mendoza was the one I really wanted to see him play. I, yeah. I wanted to see him go straight villain. Because I did... Because uh, this was around the time as well, I think, uh, I was finishing watching Heroic Legend of Arslan, and he is essentially one of the major villains of that show. And I was like, I can totally see him as Mendoza right now. I want him as Mendoza right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. Yeah, it... Uh, for me, it's like a really, a really good parallel to that is uh, uh, Johnny Young Bosch for when he mm. was Isaiah in Durarara. Yeah. Because for the most part, you know, Johnny gets typecasted at for a while there as like the goofy young kid hero type, but and he, I think it was Heat Guy J. Uh, he got to play a villain. A major villain, but it was more, for the most part, kind of a slightly comedic villain. Right. And then they put him uh, as Isaiah, and he showed, uh, you know, perfect casting. Like he did phenomenal as quote unquote the main bad guy. And Vic was always the same way to me. Like he's got the, he's definitely got the voice, but they. I don't know if just it's the right role hadn't come along, or they just, uh, or the right show for him to showcase that. But so far, right now, it's showing perfectly. Is as... yeah, I'm glad they put him here as Mendoza. I, 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 I fell in love with it when I saw the trailer for the first half's release. I fell in love with it. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, because there are some good Vic roles, some not-so-good ones. Mendoza has the potential to be one of his good ones, uh, in my opinion. Oh, yes. But, um, Roots and Dresden, how do we feel about these two? Okay, um, sorry if this ends up getting a little long-winded, but, um, um, for Octavia, I honestly had to go and recheck the cast list because I did not think it was Colleen Clinkenbeard. Honestly. Oh, you thought it sounded like something different entirely. Right. Okay. I, I, I had to check and make sure after I watched the first two episodes because for a while there, it didn't sound like her. And, so it, you know, I'm, it's a different, it's a different, si essentially you're kind of saying it's like a different range and a different side of Colleen you haven't seen yet. Right. Okay. Uh, part of that might be because, you know, she's mentioned that playing Luffy for X number of years and Gohan for X number of years has permanently changed her voice. Mm. And I just don't hear her very often outside of those roles, so... Right. She's, she plays them quite a bit. <laughs> but All yeah. the time, especially Luffy. But it, it's not a bad thing. I don't want it to sound like it's a bad thing, because... She did a really good job with Garo. Now, as for Vic, again, that's... I think he did a really good job, but unfortunately, my mental projection of the dub kind of jaded me a little bit. Okay. Because um, when I had Scott McNeil pegged as Mendoza, it was because of his connection to the 90s cartoon series reboot and... Tony J, mm -hmm. who who basically played Megabyte, you would probably also know him as um, as Judge Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. That's uh -huh. kind of Favorite where Disney my movie. that's kind of where my mental process was with 
Mendoza, and if Tony J had not unfortunately passed away a decade ago, he would have probably ended up in my list, because part of me thought maybe Funimation would try to get him. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Dresden, how do you feel about the about Vic Mignogna and Colleen Clunk and Beard? I'm kind of shocked by Mignogna, honestly. Like, I would never have seen this coming from him. And I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, there is not a casting choice in here besides possibly Ivan Jasso, just because it's, you know, sight unseen for me, that I'm disagreeing with. I, I wouldn't have seen it coming, but now that I actually have, you know, the couple episodes of, you know these two there i'm just like yeah this is a perfect fit or you know yeah. a pretty good good fit at least <laughs> evil vic mignana is go <laughs> well i i find it <laughs> i find it slightly ironic because um vic mignana in all technicality in all technicality mendoza is kind of seen as like an evil priest of sorts it's funny because <laughs> There's this video, I don't know if people have seen it. I think Roots might have at least heard about it. He called out a group of protesters that were protesting in front of a con. Religious protesters. <laughs> and it's a five minute video about like, basically him essentially trying to put these protesters in their place. And as we all know, he is, he is, very, he is a religious person. He is a very religious man. And he's, tr he's like, He's telling these people, don't misconstrue what the Bible has said. Like, I may be working in this kind of industry, but at the same time, I also live by these teachings, and these teachings have showed me this. And it's like this five-minute video of Vic basically being a badass. And, like, by the time I finish it, I just was, like, sitting in my chair. I'm like, bravo. Bravo, sir. Um, if you haven't seen that video, I do suggest watching it. I'm gonna have to go um, look this up now. You're gonna have oh, yes. to, because because Vic was a total and complete badass. Because I know, I know there are stories and rumors about how about Vic having an ego and certain other things that he may or may not have done. But this is definitely one of those moments where I'm like, you go, sir, you go, sir. And I just find it, it slightly ironic because he's super religious and he's voicing this really evil priest kind of guy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> More of this. But yeah, I think we're in agreement that both Vic and Colleen are really good fits here. Um, I know Vic, as of right now, is one of my favorites from the dub, personally. Uh, but anyway... Moving on, from here on out, I believe we are stuck with five individuals. What This next one here is the last one we have not heard yet. Um, but he is an essential character for the entire Garo franchise. Um, because he is known as the Mado Ring Zaruba, who helps keep Garo's powers in check. Um, he is essentially one of the big things that stays consistent um, within the Gara franchise. Even so much so that the seiyuu for the both both animation series, Gara the Animation and the Crimson Moon series that finished up, is the same seiyuu as the live-action Tokusatsu series. Um, so this is one of the pivotal characters that I'm pretty sure a lot of people had a hard time with. Um, so, who do we have for predictions for Zaruba? I had two. I also had I, two. I had okay. none, but my lack of prediction is pretty amusing, at least to me. 
Because, that. because what I had written down here, in all capital letters, mind you, is, Oh my god, you fucking ring, who are you? Because <laughs> again, this is the one character that crosses the entire universe. Well, maybe the watchdog is the other one, Garm. Um, but Zaruba is the bigger one that kind of crosses a crosses into every part of the universe. Yeah, so I but, can understand you probably didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Garm was in this, and she was in season one of the live action. Zaruba okay. is in everything. Yeah. He is the one thing that does not change. So The Watchdog, the watchdog is in um, Garo Crimson Moon, though it take, she does take on a different form at the time. Um, Zubo, did you have any predictions for Zaruba? No. No, you had a hard it was, time too. It, it was very similar to Dresden, as you'll find out with our tokusatsu stuff, we're very similar in our thought processes. Okay. But, in, yeah, like, in this case, because, like, taking into account he's such a, a key essential part of the entire Garo lore, and he's in mm -hmm. literally in every single bit of it, like, it's really hard to peg down who would be perfect for this role and there was honestly i could not think of anybody that i thought could potentially pull off this role so i'm just like not to the extent of dresden of who fucking are you but i don't know who could be you so i'm not even gonna okay. try to guess okay uh roots how about you you said you have some right yeah um i mentioned two but i actually had three um, okay who do you have the first is Christopher Bevins, because, again, Ooh. as director, he finds a place to put himself often in his in his dubs. That's an interesting choice, all things so, considered. And then my other two were contingency plans. In the event, okay. you know, Funimation was not able to get the live-action series, and somebody out in California did, so that they could okay. keep the character consistent. This was actually the place I had Vic Mignogna at first. Oh, but okay. I also... And because, as mentioned earlier, um, Tony Oliver was a fan of the series, I kind of had him here as well. That would have been an interesting choice. Um, I kind of just went and stuck with Funimation actors for my two. Um, my first choice was actually Ian Sinclair. Um, I know he can pull off the strangest of voices sometimes, um, and considering how unique Zadoba's voice in the Japanese is, I felt like he could pull it off. But I also felt, if you were looking for something that someone who could pull it off more naturally, I also put Jerry Jewell in here. Um, because his voice, his, his normal voice is actually fairly unique as well, and I thought that could be a good match for Zadoba. Um, but we're all wrong, of course. <laughs> all of the wrong things. Zadoba is being voiced by Barry Yondell. Um, Barry Yondell, you probably have not heard this name before, um, but in terms of other roles, Barry Yondell has been William T. Spears in the Black Blood, but, uh, excuse me, Black Butler franchise. He's also in A Certain Magical Index 2. Uh, he ha he's Yoki uh, from Fullmetal Alchemist and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, for those who've seen that. He is also in Lord Marksman and Vanities. He's also, uh, and this is probably going to come into play with some of the discussion we're about to have, uh, Mr. Two, a.k.a. Bon Clay from One Piece. Uh, he is also in Rage of Bahamut, not saying where. He's also in The Sacred Blacksmith, Samurai 7. 
Uh, Shakugan Roshana season three. Uh, another character which will probably be a prominent part of the discussion. He's the little demon that you see in Soul Eater. He's the little devil demon that is in Soul's mind. Um, and he also has roles in Tower of Duraga, uh, Suvasa Reservoir Chronicle, and then a variety of smaller roles and things such as Speedgrapher and Glassfleet and Eden of the East. So, again, we have not heard what this character sounds like. This is the last character we have not heard what this sounds like. But based on what we might know about Barry Yondell, how do we feel about the casting here? This one, I'm going to straight up admit, I was like Dresden. Don't fucking screw this up! <laughs> I can agree with that. And then, uh, yeah. me and him were actually discussing this earlier while I was doing a equipment check. Uh, I really hope, aside obviously that he does well, is that, uh, they keep throughout the, uh, like they've done with Zaruba throughout the rest of the Garo franchises, uh, when he speaks, because he is a metal ring, there's the sound of metal scraping right in an undertone yeah. with his voice, so we're both kind of hoping that they keep that for sure. I feel like that's kind of going to be more like, that's more of a sound effect kind of situation, so they'll probably yeah. still keep that, if yeah. anything. Yeah, ju just a little side thing yeah, to throw like, in it, there. It, it's a sound effect thing, but it would also kind of it, that's kind of one of the things that, like, defines Zaruba to me, is, like, the sort of breathy voice, too, but also mm -hmm. every time he speaks, there's that little clinking effect. Right. So. I know I know. for me, when I was, I, I mean, because I couldn't remember who the heck Beriondo was, and then when I looked through his previous roles, and I saw that he was the little demon from Soul Eater, and that came up, I'm like, okay... I can see this. I can kind of see this. And I'm actually really excited to see where this is going to go, honestly. Um, it could go in a number of directions, but considering considering how much Caitlin Glass is in love with the show and working on it, and considering the script writing at this point, I think it's going to be fine. It's just going to be interesting to see what direction Caitlin has Barry go with it. That's the only thing that's going to be interesting to see, but I feel like he's going to be able to pull it off, honestly, based on what little I know about him. Yeah, I I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about it. I mean, I'm not, like, at the full, you know, Bernardo, like, don't fuck this for me level, yeah. but, like, I see that, you know, Barry uh, Yandel is kind of established enough where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to do something good while also having my reservations because it is such kind of a big character for the franchise. Right. And it's... And also because it's, uh, like, the main thing I know him, of course, from is One Piece, from what I used to watch of it. So, he, that's kind of clashing in my mind, and it's, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah, I, guess I can see the caution, the hesitation, but I think, personally for me, again, I think it's his role in Soul Eater that kind of makes me think that it'll work. But it's kind of, it's, it's a wait and see at this point, because... If only Funimation released the first three episodes, rather than two, because then we would get to hear what Bariondo would sound like. Yes. Oh, we would be having a completely different episode if there was episode three out. Like, oh, would you would have to either, like, cut or rein Suba and I in so much 
from either rage or fanboying about how Zaruba sounds. Oh my god, that yes. would be a time and a half right there. Um, Roots, we should really about... do a part two. Oh god damn it, no! Yes. Uh, well, there is a, well, there is also Garo Crimson Moon. That's a thing. But, um... Yes, we're going to that. Yes, we're be in yes, that. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I think Early we're all gonna dips. have to show back up for that. Oh, probably, and by then we'll have heard what Bariondo sounds like. Um, Roots, how do you feel about <laughs> That'll be about a half Bariondo? hour of the episode. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I actually, you know, when I saw when I saw the casting of Zoruba and, you know, Barry Yandel, the, the Black Blood Demon and Soul Eater, you know, I kind of had the impression that maybe they're gonna kind of go sort of the direction, I don't know if, if you would recognize this, but, um... The Great Gazoo from the Flintstones, like the little oh, green God. alien in the in the last yes. couple seasons. Yes. Here I am, dum dum. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know that. Well, you got in a real mess this time, didn't you, dum dum? Like, oh I, my I can God, see that. that is Zorba to me now. <laughs> yes. Awesome? Yes, please. Can we do that? Like um, I, I would, I, I would love to that. see that. Like I. I, I Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm just. No, no. I'm just kind of fanboying. Like, I, I just kind of want to see Zaruba as like the little great kazoo for, for Leon. You know, kind of being, being helpful, but kind of sarcastic and snappy about it. See, here's the thing I regret when I went to Anime Boston, because I went to the Garo Dub premiere that they had. But I didn't stick around past episode two. I should have watched episode three. I'm a dumbass. Why did I not do that? Mistakes I were made. Anime was a mistake. <laughs> it's such a mistake. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, with Barry Yondel and Zadoba. But moving on. Let's move on to Emma Guzman. Emma Guzman is a Makai alchemist. Uh, we meet her in episode two. Uh, she's c uh, considered one of the main characters, of course, and um, she she's a bit of an interesting one. She obviously has some kind of past going on with some spe someone specific. We just don't know who. Uh, we just have no idea. At least in the first half, I think, as of right now. And then more spoilers ensue. And then if you've seen the series in Japanese. Not sure how that ending happened, like relationship-wise for her. Like if you well, see you the know, show, you know what I'm talking about. But never mind. Um, yeah, there's the for, movie that'll probably explore that a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I kind of hope so. Um, so predictions for Emmy. I had two. I did not get it right, unfortunately. I had two, and I got my second one right, which I'm kind of amused by. Oh, interesting. Okay. This was. I also uh, had. I also had two, and the second one ended up being right. So. Oh. <laughs> I had three, and this, okay. and the third one was right, and the third one was honestly for me more just as a joke. <laughs> um, I'm the only one who got this wrong. Holy shit! So I'll go first then. Um, my two <laughs> predictions for Emmy. Um, first of all, this is where I put Colleen Clunkenbeard, um, but I also put Stephanie Young. Um, I felt that Emmy, and with these two voice actresses specifically, it was kind of going to be in that similar range, um, with what Romy Park did. Romy Park is the seiyu for Emmy, for Emma, 
Well, the name is different. In the Japanese, it was Emmy, I think. But in the English, they went with Emma. Um, but, well, because uh, it was spelled E-M-A in, the, in Japanese, so... Right, but... Um, Pronunciation. Either way. But, yeah, I went with Colleen and Stephanie for uh, Emma. Um, Whoever... Who let's see. Uh, Roots, what prediction did you have that was not correct? Okay, uh, again, in sort of an inverted... Uh, full Metal Alchemist since um, I had Kate in Glass. Okay. This is where I, I put that. her. I can kind of see that. Uh, let's see. Suba, you had two that were incorrect, right? Correct. What would those two be? I had, I admittedly had Colleen here as well. Okay. Uh, again, because of Fairy Tale, so I could see her playing... Uh, Playing this really strong, badass woman that can hold her own. Also, Caitlyn. Okay. Uh, and, of course, neither of those two turned out to be correct. My third one, like I said, was the correct one, and that was a joke, and I'll explain that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, Dresden, you had two. One was correct. What was your incorrect prediction? Yeah, I had Stephanie Young, too. Oh, cool. Okay, so we were, so we were all kind of thinking in a similar range. Um, Suba, since you said you had a story with, um, who you got correct, why don't you tell us who th who's voicing Emma? Okay, so, uh, Emma Guzman is being voiced by none other than, uh, Monica Rial. Ta-da! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Big Girl Monica is back! Yes. And, so oh my god, does she pull it off wonderfully. Okay, so what was... What was the story you had with okay, that? Okay, so, so the story behind that was uh, I had uh, just come off of watching the first of the more recent Dragon Ball Z movies, uh, Battle of the Gods, as well as watching the Dragon Ball Kai dub, where okay. she, of course, plays Bulma. And uh, this is one of those instances... It's really weird, like, I do not like her portrayal of Bulma, and it's nothing to do with uh, Monica herself, per se, uh, because for those who don't know the more annoying traits of Bulma's personality, she is loud, abrasive, nagging, and very, very, what's the word? Overall, just a very whiny, demanding person. Monica pulls off getting all those traits in there for Bulma perfectly. To the point that I cannot stand to watch Bulma at all when Monica plays her. And it, again, it's not because it's a bad performance. It's because it is so spot on. It's too good. <laughs> yes, it is too, too good. So at the time, I'm like, oh dear lord. And because I just come off that, it's like, well, considering how well she did this, I'll throw her in here too. I don't think she'll be it, but uh, this well, will just kind of. Well, lo and behold. Lo and behold, because. <laughs> lo and behold. Yeah. Need I needless. I sh I sh yeah. <laughs> yeah. D there's no words. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. Badass Monica I is back. <laughs> Ah, oh, god damn it. I wish I predicted Monica. I'm the only one who did not get this one. Um, but that's Ooh, okay. Actually, um, actually, I just oh, remembered. Oh. I, I, too, have a funny story about why I picked Monica Rial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Um, I'll get to your story in just a second. Um, sure, Monica sure. Real, if you do not know who she is, you have been living under a rock. You need to come out of that rock because you have heard her at some point in time in an anime. Uh, you have heard her probably in the series Air, uh, in Assassination Classroom. You've heard her in Bamboo Blade. She's also in, uh, let's see, Birdie the Mighty Decode, Black Butler franchise as Mei Rin, um, which she is reprising the role for Book of Circus as well as uh, Book of Murder. Uh, she's also uh, in Black uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront. She is in The Boy and the Beast, but I'm not going to say where because I'm sure everyone wants to do an episode eventually. She is also in Cat Planet Cutie. She is in the Index franchise. Uh, she is in Defrag. She is in Dance with Devils. Uh, excuse me, I meant Dance in the Vampire, but I was being what I was looking at. Uh, she's Sayaka Mizono from the Di from Diagon the Animation. She is Shiro from Dead Men Wonderland. She is also in Devils of Part Timer and Diabolic Lovers. She's in Divine Gate as another recent one. As you mentioned before, Suba, she is Bulma from the new Dragon Ball Z Kai as well as the new films. She is also in. She's Pen Pen from the Evangelion films. She is Hyatt from Excel Saga. She is in Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, God, she's in a lot. She's in Gangsta. She's in Guilty Crown. She is in <laughs> Hero Hello Kitty's Animation Theater as Hello Kitty. I'm sorry. I had to get a laugh of that one. Um, Ivan Stratos, Initial D, Kamisama Kiss. She is in Kokoro Connect. Oh Lord, she is in a lot. Um, but if you're looking for Big Girl Monica, as we so lovingly refer to these kinds of performances as. Um, you probably would know her as Michiko from Michiko and Hanshin. Uh, Cordelia from Diabug Lovers would kind of count in this case. Um, and she's also Haruka, uh, from Razafon, as well as another character in Monthly Girls Ozaki-kun, which I want to say, but that episode's going to be recorded next, so not happening right now. Uh, but you can probably take a wild guess as to who she might be. Uh, if you don't know. She's also uh, another well-known role, Renge, from Old High School Host Club. She's stalking from Panting and Stalking, and oh my god. So, Maya, yeah, from Princess Jellyfish would probably qualify as a big Romanica role. Um, she's I a believe, lot. Yeah, I believe uh, her portrayal of, of Lyra and the main villainous Dante from the original Full Metal yep. Alchemist anime series. That would qualify. Yeah. That would, make, that would fall under big Romanica there. Um, yeah, she has a lot. She's also Rize from Tokyo Ghoul, for those who may not know. Um, and that's a mix of Big Girl Monica and Childlike Monica right there. That's like a perfect marriage right there. But um, anyway, how do we feel as for Monica as Emma? Yes. All, all of the yes? All of the yes. Like, <laughs> in it, okay. like initially I was like, mm, like, as long as they do Big Girl Monica... Otherwise, no. But fortunately, they they did stick with with adult range, and she comes off as uh, a very competent, very badass. At least from what we've seen so far, uh, Makai Alchemist. So I'm definitely it's, looking it, forward to see how how Monica's yeah. performance evolves as the show goes. It's funny that I know we refer to. Uh, this kind of performance is Big Girl Monica voice, 
It's funny because it's not actually her natural sounding voice. <laughs> like, not in the least. No. Like, yeah. If you, like, if you hear at conventions or see videos of her, that's not her natural voice. Her natural voice is close to those roles, like in the Assassination Classroom and Stalking and uh, even Seraph at the End. She's more along those lines. But yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I love her portrayal of Emmy, with Emma so far. I mean, we only saw her in the second episode, but I think it works, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go from here. Any other any other thoughts on Monica? I'm, I'm kind of impressed by how well she pulls this off, just because the only reason I guessed her was because back when I was making this list, I was watching the original Dub Talk episodes where she showed up in basically every single one, so I'm just like... Okay, why not? <laughs> like, I'm just like, content. okay, she's going to be here at some point, most likely, maybe here. I was going to say, once again, we have another very meta situation. Yeah. So yeah, Lilac, you didn't guess it, but you are the reason I guessed it. Yeah! <laughs> I'm glad I am a very, I, I'm, I'm a very good influence, I guess. Uh, Roots, what was your story that you wanted to say? I'm sorry, I forgot about you. Okay. Okay, um... Truth be told, I had this, the series, Garo the Animation, basically pegged to replace, oh, what was it, um, oh, what was airing at the time, uh, Inuyasha Final Act, that's right, um, Inuyasha Final Act on Toonami. Okay. I would have loved that yeah. so much. That oh, because, awesome. um, Oh my god, the squeeing would never have ended. <laughs> someday. It, it could happen someday. I had assumed, you know, the dub would have just started production, you know, enough episodes would have been ready by the time Inuyasha Final right. Act ended and Funimation was going to try and attack on Titan. Okay. That would have been pretty and cool. And then, right um... And then Michiko and Hachin was announced instead. And, you know, I had watched it a couple times in the past. I own it, so... And, um... I don't know how it ended up clicking, but it just... Kind of did. After, you know, an episode or two of the show on Toonami. So, the general consensus for Monica is Emma. Yes. All of the yes. You go, Monica. Yep. Big girl and Monica's go. I, I, I can't this... wait. I can't wait yes. to hear her as uh, Abe no Seime in uh, Crimson Moon. Because you know, they're probably going to keep the casting of Season 1 and Season 2 generally the same. Because that's how they did At it. At least for, for the most version. part. The most, yeah. Because right. Romy, Romy Park did voice that character for Crimson Moon as well. So that's always a possibility. <laughs> but we'd have to wait and see what happens with it. Um, right. If, if Caitlin ends up as the director for Crimson Moon, actually, we'd have to wait and see what she's going to do. If she's going to go that similar route that the Japanese side did or not. Um, right. Moving on, though. Let's... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we're finally at this goober. Your man, Luis. Your man, Luis. Oh, God. Fruits of my loins. <laughs> Due to some circumstances, I have no longer have any clothes. <laughs> Can you give Probably. me some money? Probably the best character of the show. Yeah, sexy Papa. I will hear. I will hear no arguments. He, he Megan dubbed him as man whore dad. It's great. Um, so 
if you couldn't tell by the nickname Manhorde Dad, Yaman Louise is the father of of lead character Leon Louise and um, uh, his lover Anna, or wife. I can I can never remember if they were actually married or not. Uh, um, yeah, I think they were married. Okay, he is also known as the Makai Knight Zoro. Um, and <laughs> the thing with him, he is a he is a competent Makai Knight. But he also goes around and causing problems for his son, mostly in the way of him sleeping all sleeping around with ladies all the time. <laughs> and, it's, and it's kind of a running gag of sorts, really, um, with, that he's that he is such a man whore, essentially. And, <laughs> and coincidentally, it, aside from well, the obvious, uh, that does actually serve a purpose for him. <laughs> Since he does, unfortunately, use that particular method uh, as his uh, way of gathering information. <laughs> yep. And, you know, he also needs another son to carry on his armor. Yeah, yep. that too. Be Although, because, uh, because it is it is revealed in the second episode that um, Leon got the Garo armor from his mother, Anna. Um, but the problem that Yaman has is that he has he doesn't have a son to pass the Zoro armor to, so that's why he kind of does this shit. Um, but yeah. anyway. So it gets revealed later on that maybe Hermann didn't need to pick this exact method of finding his successor. Cough, yeah. cough, Raphael, yeah. cough. Yeah. I'll, and to tangent real quick, just because we are speaking about the father character in the series. Uh, right. To quote, uh, simply because of uh, the fruit of my loins quote. Uh, to, <laughs> yes. To reference... Uh, our friend Hardy, who, uh, of course, has, as we all know, has the Cards Against Anime game. Uh, <laughs> he, he, needs to, he needs to remake the deck. They took the deck down. Oh, Well, a yeah. as I'm sure most of you are aware, uh, there was a card that uh, read Kotatsu, uh, Kotetsu T. Kaburagi, a.k.a. The Dilf, for those of you that know Tiger and Bunny. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. Uh, for this line alone, Armand has now officially become the Dilf. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, predictions for Yaman. I only had one because believe it or not, Yaman was the toughest one that I had to predict. I got it wrong though, so <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, I, I may as well go first. Um, I only had one prediction. And I had a hard time thinking of who it was, so I ended up putting Patrick Seitz in here, actually. I was like, maybe he could do it! Patrick can be gruff enough if he wanted to and be that much of a goofball. I think he can pull it off. <laughs> but obviously, I'm so wrong. So, so, so wrong. Um, Dresden, do you have any predictions for Yaman? I had two. Um, my first one was, again, Chris Sabat again, because... It's a buff dude, it's an anime, it's Funimation. How is this not Chris Sabat? I will not understand. Okay. And then the second one... Okay, and also Chris Sabat because I wanted him to play a dude named Zoro twice. <laughs> Good point. And then anyway. my second one was actually uh, John Swayze. Is that, am I saying that right? John Swayze, okay. John Swayze because... I can kind of see it. I mean, he was Von Hohenheim in Brotherhood, he was Death in Soul Eater, so he's kind of got both ends of the dad spectrum going on with the horribly serious and the horribly comedic. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Roots, who do you have for predictions for Yaman? It it had changed a lot because I had done a lot of drafts of my fantasy cast. But what ended up sticking, and this kind of plays into my King Fernando casting, Brandon Potter. Ooh. Oh, if I was looking at this list again, I think I did consider Brandon Potter. I don't know why I didn't put him down, but Brandon Potter would have been a good pick, too. Um, did you have any others, or just Brandon Potter? Um, it, it ranged from time to time between Ian Sinclair, Patrick Seitz. I may have even had Scott McNeil in there at one point or another. Okay. And Suba, what's your prediction for Yaman? Well, Yaman and Louis Leon were uh, kind of all over the place. Leon more so, but Armand, I went with John Swayze. I also, of course, okay. went with Sabat. There was one other one. Uh, Patrick Seitz was another one. Uh, and there was one other, but I cannot remember him. The, but the main reason uh, on Swayze was because I remembered him as... Uh, even though this is a terrible example, uh, as Gendo from Evangelion. <laughs> Gendo Ikari! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, World's best dad. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, and then, of course, the same reasoning on Sabat ap- applies to me as it does for Dresden. Patrick, it wasn't so much that I could see him as I wanted to hear how he would portray this character. And... Of course, none of my guesses are right. None and we're of both ge- kicking ourselves for not getting it. None, oh none my of God, our guesses yes. are right. Oh, Especially- I was kicking my—I was kicking myself too when I heard who was cast as Nirmon. I'm like, why? Why didn't I pick this? <laughs> what were you gonna say, Suba? Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say yeah because me and Dresden both were watching very relevant anime to this particular uh, actor at the time. <laughs> So we, so we, we are both really like, oh my god, how did we not think of this before? Yeah, all of us are kind of like, how did we not think of David Wald? <laughs> how yes. did we not think of David Wald? I am so mad at myself that I didn't think of it. Um, David Wald, you've probably heard him in a variety of things between both Funimation and Sentai Filmworks. Uh, most notably, though, his uh, most notably would be um, Gajil from Fairy Tale. Uh, a few others, though. Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan Junior High, The Book of Ventura, Blo- Brothers Conflict, um, the movie Colorful, Diabolic Lovers, as Reiji Saki Maki, a.k.a. The Fun Police. Um, we also have uh, Ren, a.k.a. Don't Fuck the Dog, uh, from Dramatical Murder. Uh, like I said, Gajo from Fairy Tale. We also He also has roles in Gachamon Crowds and Ghost in the Shell Arise. In Gintama the movie, uh, he's also in, uh, let's see, uh, Hamatora, uh, Ino Expoku, uh, Secret Service, Kamisama Kiss, uh, Kids on the Slope, he is also in Level E, in Log Horizon, Magical Warfare, Marok Scramble film series, um, as well as, let's see, Polly from One Piece, uh, he's in Nobunaga oh, yes. the He's in Nobunaga the Fool. He is Kaito Daimon from Firebrain Puzzle of God. Uh, let's see. Where else have you been, sir? He, one of, still one of my personal favorites, though your mom might be beating this one out. Uh, he's Dr. Ozaki from Shiki. 
He is also in Soul Eater Not. He is also in Terran Resonance, Tokyo Meijin. He is in Toriko. He is in Suritama. He is in Vampire Hunter D, uh, the new dub from Sentai Filmworks, as well as Wizard Barrister's Benmashi Sissel. Uh, so, what's the best way to describe how we probably all feel about this performance? Because I'm pretty I am a fucking idiot! <laughs> well, aside I think I from can that. Aside from I that, think I can describe this. I, I, I think the I think the the best way to dis to describe all of our feelings on this casting is perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Like, because this is because I've seen David Wald mostly take on more dramatic stuff. I very rarely have seen him do comedic stuff. Yerman does both, and he does it so wonderfully. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I love it so much. Ah! Yes, like, because I, at least to uh, most recent recollections, I've only been hearing him in fairy tale as Gajil. And it's like, okay, comedy. And then I watch this, I start watching the first episode dub. I'm like, Gajil, what are you doing here? Go away. You're going to ruin this. And then, oh, fruit of my loins. I'm like, no, no, you stay. You stay. You, 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 the, you're perfect. I think the moment, I think the moment David Wald went Shakespearean on us, we were all like, okay, I'm done. You are done. We're good. Stay here. We're good. Stay. We're good. You stay. Let's just focus on you for the rest of, rest of the time we're here now. <laughs> Yermana's best character. I will hear no other arguments. Yermana's best character. Is best character and Dilf. <laughs> Absolutely! <laughs> Roots, Dresden, how do you feel about uh, David Wald as Yermana? Like, when I saw the casting, I... I more than facepalm. I pretty much face desk because I was watching, at the time, two shows... And realize it was perfect. I was watching um, a Kamega Kill on Toonami. Oh, that's and right. That has a bit more comedic too. I, I haven't seen all of the dub. I only saw like one or two episodes, but that would be another one. Okay, I remember now. And I also, at the time, was also watching um, Golgo Thirteen, where he was uh, he was Golgo Thirteen. Yeah, but I was like, he's the lead, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was... I saw the contrast between the super serious Golgo 13 and Bulat, who was super comedic. Mm-hmm. And I, I just looked at the cast list, and I'm like, I could not do this better. It's like, I, why, why why, didn't I pick this person? I, I pretty like, much took to my... If it was if it was on paper, I probably would have taken my uh, my projected cast list and shredded it <laughs> just for that. Nice. Just because um, David Wald is playing sexy papa. <laughs> it's funny because because he has sexy time with Jamie Markey. She's the prostitute in the first episode, and watching that scene, I'm like, whoa. Whoa. And I know, like, if you've seen the Diabog Lovers dub talk episode that me, Megan, and Gigi did, 
Um, David Wald was one of- if we had that voice by fuck ability chart, David Wald's performance as Reiji was kind of up there. Your mom just beat it out by leagues and spades. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Dresden, how do you feel about David Wald? Here's your mom. I am a fucking idiot! And with that, I think we should move on. No, no, no. I think that's let me elaborate up. here. Let me elaborate okay. here. Okay. So, like I said, I was watching One Piece and I was watching Fairy Tale. Specifically, I was on the Edelus arc of One Piece where we have two very different David Walds. Fairy Tale. And I was... Edelus arc of Fairy Tale, yes, where we had two different David Walds. And... I was on the Water 7 arc of One Piece where he's playing Pauly, who is in every single way the exact opposite but the same as, um, Harriman. Like, he is the complete badass with the weird rope shit that he does, and he completely comically flips out every time a woman on screen shows any bit of skin. <laughs> Interesting. I am an idiot. <laughs> um, so the consent, I can, the general consensus, um, you can stay, David Wald, you can stay, we'll keep you, we love you right now. <laughs> I think that's the consensus we're going with here. Um, this is like Polly's have... apology for telling women to keep their clothes on. <laughs> yeah, in this case, your mom wants all the ladies' clothes off for all the sexy time. Anyway. We're down to our last two, our two main characters. First, Prince Alfonso. Uh, Prince Alfonso, of course, the Prince of Valentia. Uh, and he, yeah, he, he kind of, he puts himself in his own self-imposed exile after Mendoza arrests his mother Esmeralda for, for quote-unquote poisoning the king. Um, but... There are more, there's more to actually the story, Alfonso's story, um, than what you would initially know, at least in the first few episodes. Um, spoiler-wise, I don't know if I really want to say it, but I will at least say he does become, a, uh, basically Raphael's student. I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, so predictions for Alfonso. I had three, and I got this one correct. <laughs> I got the two, I got both Alfonso and Leon correct. Um, I'm guessing other people had predictions though, right? I had Alfonso correct on one of them. I had a bunch of others for him, and then um, Leon I did not. Okay, we're, we're sticking to Alfonso for right now. Um, oh, okay. Roots, how about you go first with Alfonso? What do you have? That is okay. not correct. We're going to start there. Again, um, my projected cast list has changed so much since the show first aired. Um, it was basically started out as, you know, the big Funimation's next attack on Titan. Right. And because of that, Alfonso basically went from a bunch of different people, ranging from Bryce Pappenbrook to Ben Diskin, basically. Okay. A lot of out-of-towners, just because I... I figured this would be the next big thing. Okay. And it and it probably, you know, with this with this dubcast, it probably will still be, but it's it's humanly possible. Um Dresden, what are your predictions for Alfonso? Uh okay, for Alfonso um My first one I actually went back like 
six months after I even made this original list because I got into Blood Blockade Battlefront. Okay. And I was listening to Leonardo, uh, the main character there, and I'm just like, I can could kind of see this going better than any idea I had for Alfonso before. So I actually moved my only choice there back to uh, second and put um, Aaron, I, that not that last name, Dismuke. Dismuke, yeah. I put him as my first choice off of the Leonardo watch portrayal. And then Micah Solusad was kind of demoted to my second, which is entirely because I want someone that sounds like Johnny Young Bosch in this show. Oh God damn it! Um, I will admit <laughs> Micah is Micah is one of the predictions I had for Alfonso. Admittedly enough, um, my other prediction was actually Josh Greeley. I will say this now: I actually put Josh Greeley in both the roles of Leon and Alfonso. Um, considering the things he's been doing lately, it's entirely possible he could have done either or. But I digress. Suba, what are your predictions for Alfonso? Uh, very, very similar all across the board. I, Aaron Dismuke was my obvious first choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have not uh gone through the the dub of Blood Blockade Battlefront, but uh, I was going purely based on my love of Aaron from Full Metal, and even though he's matured, I'm like the kid that played the kid has matured his voice has grown up this is the kind of character I could see voice matching with perfectly uh, I didn't have uh, Mika on there I briefly considered him but then I took him off but it was mainly uh, Aaron as my primary choice if I were to suggest some good roles of Scooch series where um, Aaron Dismuke his much more mature voice. Global K Battle Front would be one. Arslan, though it's a little bit rough in the beginning, and I would definitely say Ping Pong the Animation is a good um, role uh -huh. that uh, Aaron has done. Uh, but anyway, it is none of these. Uh, the person who's voicing Alfonso, myself and Roots did get this correct, it is Justin Briner. Uh, Justin Briner is still fairly new, um, but you have seen us talking about him quite a bit in the past year or so. Um, he very much got his big start off of Seraph of the End as Mika. Uh, from there, you have heard him in as Elam from Heroic Legend of Arslan, as Quinther for, in Heavy Object. You have heard him more recently, though, uh, as Reiji Sua from Prince of Stride Alternative, as well as Monito from Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, and Renor from the series Divine Gate. Um, but he's also done smaller roles in Defrag, in Fairy Tale, in Gangsta, as Baby Warwick, Little Warwick, um, Lord Marksman in Vanity's One Piece, Psycho Pass Season 2, Space Dandy Season 2, Terran Residence, and not a lot. Uh, not a lot. He's still growing, he's still working on it. Um, but, because of the recent stuff that I had been hearing from Justin, he was... Like, when I went back and edited this this prediction list, he I automatically put him in as my first choice. Because um, I was like, I could see Justin Briner pulling this off if he really wanted to. I could see him doing that. And I was very happy with the results as of right now. <laughs> How does everybody else feel about this? Much the same. No complaints so far. Yeah, Justin. no, I'm happy with him. No. Okay. Yeah. It was like short, sweet, sweet, oh, we're good. We're good. Like, I have an opinion, but it, it'll it go with uh, my Leon prediction. Okay, so then we'll, we'll, okay, so then we'll dive back into Alfonso then um, in a minute. So why don't we move on to Leon at this point? Here's our final member. 
of the cast, our lead character, our current iteration of the Golden Knight Garo. Uh, and you, <laughs> Megan lovingly refers to him as, God, I'm not, I'm gonna butcher the exact nickname she gave him, but, um, uh, Angry McFirearmor, or, um, <laughs> Crappy McFirearmor, something along those lines, because <laughs> Leon's character is rather angsty. <laughs> this kid is, what, seven? I'm calling 16, him Emo 17? McBurns a lot now. Just turned okay. 17. <laughs> yeah, just 17, turned 17. Yeah. He just turned 17, that's right. Um, and of course, he's going, he deals through, a, he, he deals with a lot in this show. Uh, for those of you who have not seen Gar the Animation, it's just putting it out there right now, he goes through a lot. Um, but shit anyway, happens. Shit happens, exactly. To hell um, with baptism by fire, birth by fire. By fire. <laughs> Which, exactly. oddly enough, sounds more badass than it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so prediction-wise, I had four. Again, I did get Leon correct, though. Um, I, I'll get mine out of the way. Uh, the three that I got incorrect. Clifford Chapin was my second choice. My third choice went to Austin Tyndall. And as previously mentioned before, I also put Josh Greeley here as, as Leon because I felt, considering the stuff he did recently, he could have pulled off either Leon or Alfonso if he really wanted to. Um... Suba, why don't you tell us your predictions for Leon? Oh boy. I had quite a laundry list here. Oh god. Uh, none of them were right. So, uh, the first one, just because it's Funimation, it's, uh, it's a young teenage boy male character, I easily could have seen them going with Vic again, as they like oh, to do gosh. sometimes. I also, uh... I believe it was, yeah, it was Greg Ayers on here. Uh, Josh Greeley was on there as well, just because okay. at the time I was watching the Attack on Titan dub. I actually did have Mika on here as Leon. Oh, you had, just, you had Justin Briner? Can we no, Solasad. Oh, Micah. Yeah, Mika oh, you Solisod, mean Micah? Yeah, Micah, yeah, Micah Solasad, sorry. I was like, Mika, I'm like, wait. <laughs> yes, okay. What else was You it? do have a variety hanging out in there. Yeah. Uh... There were so many different ways I could see them going with this. Uh, kind of like what Roots was talking about, where they uh, about it potentially being the next big thing, getting people from L.A. I honestly, uh, with how angsty and angry this character is, I could have easily seen Crispin Freeman as this character. Coincidentally, I could also have seen Eric Vale as this character. And I'm you not. You definitely went across the board. <laughs> yeah, there was so many uh, that I could see them ca uh, trying to get or casting as this character. Like I'm just going to stop there because the list goes even further than that. Yeah, let's stop there because uh, we're already we're already taking a sweet old time with this episode. Dresden, what are your predictions for Leon? Well, I was wrong entirely. Uh, okay. First prediction I had was uh, just kind of Johnny Young Bosch because. I want him to be a transforming hero again. <laughs> he was the he was the voice of my childhood. I want that to happen again. Oh and god. Then, and then the second one though, I had uh Todd Habercorn kind of thinking that he could kind of do like his, you know, angry sort of pissed off Natsu voice here. Oh god. Okay. Uh, no, Roots. I was wrong. Roots, what do you have, sir? Um, you know, like like Alfonso, I had a bunch for him, ranging from Greg Ayers to Josh Greeley. 
all the way as far as Lucian Dodge. But oh, event okay. But eventually, because I ended up doing this huge gangsta referen referential dubcast, I ended up with Micah Solsop. Okay, so you end up with Micah as your main pick for Leon, is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Um, in terms of who got this correct, um, <laughs> or, well, I got this correct, and more like in terms of who it, it really is, um, I originally, with Leon, I did not consider this individual until watching more recent work that he's done. Uh, particularly, uh, particularly, and give me a second, because we'll get to who it is, um, when I start revealing who it is, uh, who, what he's done. Assassination Classroom, Dance with Devils, Divine Gate, Gangsta, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, Heroic Legend of Arslan, uh, Noragami Arigoto, Prince of Stride Alternative, Show by Rock, it's, uh, I wish Megan was here, um, for this, and I'm gonna, uh, I guess I have to do it. Uh, <laughs> Daryun! <laughs> I had to pull the Daryun alarm. I have to do it for Megan because Rico Fajardo is voicing Leon Luis. Um, and of course we just went over real briefly some of his roles. But he also has small, aside from those being his major ones, he's also had smaller ones in Brothers Conflict, in uh, Dragon Ball Z Resurre Resurrection F, uh, Future Diary, uh, is this a zombie? Yomini Gun, Perfect Order, Psychopaths, Snow White with the Red Hair, uh, as well as a few others. How do we feel about Rico Fajardo as Leon Luis? I like him. To me, when I first heard him as the uh, as the voice, I honestly, uh, I had not seen the list of cast when I first watched it. It's like, wow, that sounds eerily like Crispin Freeman like as okay. like as far as like the like the inflections he was hitting when he needed to it reminded me very much of uh, Crispin Freeman when he plays uh, some of these angsty angry characters and like Crispin actually described it best himself he has n zero problems being able to dip into that uh, well of rage and just pure anger when he needs to for a role and Rico pulled it off phenomenally just like that like he has no problem going to those really angsty rage filled places from what I've heard so far with Leon and it fits very well yeah he um he gets the anger right and pretty much for the first half of Garo that's what needed to be done right I, I really didn't know him as very angsty, angry characters, because I, I really knew him from Daryun. Right. And he, he was more of a stern tactician in, uh, in Arslan as Daryun, so... Right, so this is at least a little bit different for you. Right, and um, coming off of Grimgar... You know, where he's a little I, more sullen. He is phenomenal in Grimbar Grimgar. I love it. Like, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I, I know he hasn't really been doing a lot with Funimation until recently. But, yeah, I I am completely on board with him as Leon. 
And, and then can I just bring up for a second Takedo from Prince of Stride? Because yes. I know, Rich, you've been watching watching Prince of Stride. Takedo! Oh my god, that just made me giggle. Ugh, I gotta finish the dub for that. Anyway, Dresden, yes, do. how do you... Yes, I do. Dresden, how do you feel about Rico Frajardo? I've actually never heard of um, any of his roles before Garo, and sort of listening to him as my first exposure to this actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, he he's kind of surprised me. Like, I was really worried about him and Alfonso because they're two people that I hadn't heard much in and they haven't been in much. But I'm surprised and I'm pleasantly so just because of how they're able to play the characters so, uh, so far. Fanboy like approved. Yep. Like I said, I, I initially put Cliff I put initially put Clifford and Austin in as two choices, and then I added Josh Greeley eventually later on as a choice. But then at the last moment, and especially with some of the recent stuff, I was like, Rico could definitely be Leon if he really wanted to. Like I can see that his tone of voice and some of the um some of the personality that Leon has. Considering at least some of the roles that Rico has done could transfer over really well um, into Leon, and I was very excited to get this correct. Um, so I think the consensus for Leon as of now for Rico is huzzah, huzzah. I think this, I think this dub overall really is like huzzah, <laughs> even though we haven't heard a good amount of the um, characters quite yet. Um, I know some people have reservations with, with specific characters, but I think, from what I can tell, it's going to be really solid. Like, especially with Caitlyn being in, the one running the show at this point. Because she loves this show. She really does. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess overall thoughts on the first couple of episodes of Gara, the animation's English dub as of now? I'd say it's solid. Oh, yeah. I'd say it's really solid. Yeah, I, I Fair, need more. Fa yes, please, please more. I'm about to say, as the big fanboys of the Garo franchise, is this does this live up to your expectations as of right now, do you think? As of right now, it it is, for me, so phenomenal. Uh, Zaruba, of course, still waiting with hopeful trepidation, but... Uh, once we hear him, as long as he's able, as long as he is pulled off how he needs to be, then I will honestly say that uh, this dub will be perfect for what it for the show you're working with. But until then, I'm still saying it's very phenomenal, simply because David Wald just has stolen the show so far. <laughs> David Wald wins all. Yes. Oh, the fruit of my loins. My loins. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, everyone, I get, everyone at this point is in agreement. Phenomenal. Phenomenal so far. Want to see more. Um, if you are in... What? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying. I hope it does get a ton of exposure from Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And yes. hopefully, I mean, you know, I hope it's. I hope it brings awareness to the series of Garo enough that we get the live action. I honestly hope it does. Um, I will say, when I went to the Garo premiere at Anime Boston, there wasn't really much of a crowd. 
honestly. Um, yeah, and, and I heard Maruyama himself was too. there, too. Yeah. And, like, and they even have uh, Masao Maruyama, who's the founder, one of the founders of Madhouse and Studio Mappa, who is behind producing Garo the Animation. He was there to do the introduction. Like, for the dub premiere, and it was kind of sad. I, but I know the big thing that they were pushing at Anime Boston that week, that was being pushed at Anime Boston was your line April from Aniplex, though. Um, but anyway, fuck you, Aniplex, for screwing up possible amazing exposure for this series. Anyway. Yes. Also, <laughs> fuck you for what you did with Brotherhood. For Brotherhood and Bakano and a bunch of other titles you're going to be soon taking back from everyone. You yes. cruel, cruel bastards. Um, but anyway, if you're interested in seeing the dub for Garo, the animation, uh, as of right now, as of recording this episode, um, the first two episodes of the dub are currently streaming on Funimation's website for Funimation Now. Um, I would assume the rest, at least the rest of the first half, will be coming up very soon as well, because part uh, season one, part one, on for the DVD Blu-ray release, um, it comes out April 26th. Uh, so I would assume before then at least the rest of the first half of the series will be up and as for the second half of season one I would I would presume that it would come out later this year um, Possible guess being maybe like the end of summer early fall if I had to guess um, Buy it Yeah, buy it do it Buy it, um, buy it. Buy it now Buy it buy now it. Watch Buy it. the figures buy the toys buy everything give this show all of your money <laughs> anyway, um, the first two episodes of the dub for Garo is free on Funimation's website. Uh, the rest, once I imagine that'll be posted up, uh, put it up there. Um, that'll be under the Elite Subscriber Paywall, the Funimation Now uh, Subscriber Paywall, which you can do a 14-day free trial if you so wish to do, um, to access any and all dubs and extra features and stuff like that. Um, Hashtag again, not just, sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored, but I, I, I gotta do the spiel every time. And if you do do the 14-day free trial, as always, as a reminder, if you do not, <coughs> as I die, if you do not wish to have money pulled from your account, it does ask for your credit card information. So remove, so cancel the subscription after the 14 days is done. Um, the Japanese, the original Japanese for Garo the Animation is entirely free. You can watch the, the simulcast of Garo the Animation for free if you so wish to do. Um, there is a sequel uh, season for Garo, Garo Crimson Moon. We've brought this up a couple of times. If you wish to see that series, that one is currently uh, has its Japanese simulcast um, up for free as well. And I would imagine um, a dub would be forthcoming uh, if... Especially if Garo the Animation does succeed. Um, so, on that note, I think we've... Because I'm and looking at my audacity. if you're interested in the live-action Garos... Oh, yes, go with that. I would not they are completely are. unlicensed, but if you hit up either Mr. Subarashi or myself at Dresden underscore Nova on Twitter, we will point you in the right direction. Cough, cough, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. Oh, God. Also, Don't bug Funimation... Also, bug the shit out of Funimation. Bug them. <laughs> just, just tell them, hey, we want live-action Garo. Just, just inundate point them, them at the, with... Point them at the Ultraman series on Crunchyroll and ask them why they don't want similar money. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is apparently doing well. <laughs> I, I should know. Anyway, um, 
if you would like to see any of these other three gentlemen that have joined me tonight, first of all, thank you for joining me tonight. I know. I know I promised Dresden and Suba this a long ass time ago, and then I had spoken to Roots about it a few months ago, and he really wanted to be part of this as well. So thank you guys for joining me on this. Um, thank Roots, you for having you... us. This was. Oh. I was so, so happy when you're like, we're going to talk <laughs> about this when it gets a dub. And then it yeah. took a little longer than expected, but. Yeah, because I think Garly Animation came out, it was airing fall of 2014 and into the winter of 2015. So it, is, it has been for almost a couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's two aired. seasons back from Garo. Right. Um, so, Roots, I know you do reviews for the fandom posts, correct, sir? I'm kind of on sabbatical at the moment, but uh, okay. I... But yeah, I'll, I'm also attempting to get a blog started... So, I was just about to ask that because I could not remember if you were trying to get a blog started for yourself, sir. Yeah, I, I am. I'll probably have an article up at some point. <coughs> and they can follow you on Twitter at Roots of Justice, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, Super Andresen, I don't know if you guys do anything outside of just randomly appearing and fanboying over Garo, um, but Suba. If they wanted to follow you on Twitter, where would they find you? Uh, at Mr. Subarashi. Okay, and Dresden, I think you already mentioned this before, you are at Dresden underscore Nova, correct, sir? Uh, that's correct. I also do some editing for a couple, um, sites, Hirotaku.com and The Broken Infinite. And if you tune in my Twitter on Mondays between 7 and 10 Central Time, you can see me scream at wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's always random and interesting to see. Um, and if you're interested in anything I do, obviously you found me, you found the channel here where the podcast is. If you wanted to subscribe here to see more dub talk or any of my reviews or top tens and stuff like that. Um, I also have a blog, lilacanimereviews.blogspot.com. And I'm also a contributor for Infinite Rainy Day. So infiniterainyday.blogspot.com, which... Good lord, I still need to finish all of my winter simul winter seasonal stuff, and good lord, we're going to be starting spring soon. Anyway, um, but you can also follow me on Twitter at LilacAnimeReview, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. Uh, in terms of upcoming stuff, uh, I know the next one that's going to be recorded is going to be from Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, and I need to sit down with Hardy and Sneebs because I know Rage of Bahamut was going to be a thing. I don't know if they wanted to do it now or wait a little bit, but I need to talk to them. And then, more than likely, we're probably going to start working towards spring broadcast dubs from Funimation. Thank you, Funimation, again, for not giving us a shit ton of broadcast dubs this season. Thank you, first of all. But, I hate you so far because I would love for you to license the Ace Attorney series. Please yes. license the Ace Attorney series so we can get a fantastic dub, particularly a broadcast dub, because that would be amazing. Anyway, uh, that's it for us today. So, from all of us here at Dub Talk to you, first of all, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Insert catchphrase here. <laughs> Later, people. Make sure to comment in the make sure to comment in the description below, begging Lilac to get Suba and I back on for more than just the Garo stuff. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Flood us... the comments with requests Jeez. to get us back. Oh, and, God. And to oh, end God. it, to end it, we Spam wish her all... Twitter, too. 
Yeah. No! Don't don't <laughs> don't hurt me, please. Anyway. Don't, I must say anyway. we wish you all a good night and remember. God damn it! God. <laughs> From all of us here at Dub Talk to you guys out there. Uh, good night and otaku on my friends. You, Garo. Garo! God damn no, it! No, you that's been sitting there listening to me this entire time, Garo. Garo. <laughs>